This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 654, Comic Talk, Marvel Book Previews, May to August 2019. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 654. It's our Comic Talk episode as we look at the Marvel Book Previews catalog for May to August 2019, otherwise uh, affectionately known by those in the Marvel Masterworks Forum as the Heshek Catalog. Uh, so this episode, I actually got to sit down with the host of the amazing Cave of Solitude podcast to uh, talk about the Marvel Book Previews. So it basically is all the trades, hardcovers, everything you can imagine that's not a floppy uh, that's coming out between uh, May and August 2019. So there's a lot of stuff we go over. I think we spent like two hours going through everything. Um, we really, we really comb the crap out of this uh, amazing uh, collection of different collections uh, that's coming up soon. So uh, I really enjoyed recording this with Eric. We recorded this back on February the first. Uh, so it's been almost a month, but uh, it feels like it's it's finally time to release this episode. So before we jump into the episode, you can always email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Without further ado, let's jump right into the episode with Eric Anthony of the Cave of Solitude podcast as we talk about this amazing book catalog uh, with the next four months worth of releases uh, from Marvel in terms of their trades and hardcovers. Uh, this is covering May to August 2019. Enjoy. Eric, welcome back to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me back, Adam. Absolutely. Well, this is a this will be a fun one for me and hopefully for you as well. Um, so we're actually going to look at the Hachette Marvel book catalog, which covers May to August 2019. So we're not talking about you know single issue floppies. We're talking about upcoming collected editions. And this is a passion that both you and I seem to have. And uh, we're and I'm a big fan of the Marvel Masterworks Forum, where this has been spoiled months ago. But uh, it's always nice to kind of look through it and talk about some of the the big releases, um, trade paperback wise or collection wise, that are going to be coming out from Marvel and the next few months and so as as far as i know you haven't really had a chance to look at any of this yet right just very very briefly but i have a question how do you get your hands on this thing this hachette catalog i love this kind of stuff uh it is public like i I honestly don't even know like i remember uh so to go back a couple years uh when i first really started becoming invested in being part of the marvel masterworks forum um they first of all used to always have threads about amazon fish so basically what that was all the advanced releases that people would start seeing on uh, on amazon so you'd see things you know pre-solicited before the actual official marvel solicits had come out for books coming out like six to seven months in advance um so see people would be scanning these things and the minute they saw something they would they would report about it well i guess hachette is i guess the book distributor so they actually have this catalog so that people uh, stores and stuff can actually buy product in advance or know what they're ordering um so a lot of people kind of they go on that public website that they have access to and eventually they create one of these actual uh, catalogs so a lot of people just go through the listings and they'll kind of know what's there but they don't necessarily know what the issues are they'll just know what the titles are or the page counts and then eventually you get this actual pdf catalog uh, so that's what we're kind of looking through and discussing today is the actual physical catalog that's been produced. So that's, again, covering May to August 2019. So we're not even we – we're just barely into February as we record this, and yet we're already looking at you know the collections coming out pretty far in advance. Yeah, no, I love this sort of thing. I do it – this is like a, when I'm not reading comics, I'm looking for what to buy. It's a sickness. No, well, for sure. And again, this is this is kind of the perfect sick dish for you because this is not about singles. This is about the actual trades. This is about you know kind of the older legacy stuff. Like it's all mixed in here. You got yeah. you got your Star Wars. You got your Conan. You got your you know classic Marvel stuff. You got your epic collections. You got your omnibuses. You got you know your modern material. It's all here in this giant catalog. 
yeah, no, this is great. So let's uh, let's jump right in. I, I, you know, again, you haven't seen this yet, and I've kind of lightly perused it. Um, so we start off in May. So I guess the, the first actual book. So there's a lot of stuff that's in here, obviously, but we're going to talk about the actual books themselves. So we start off with uh, you know an amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer. So this is no surprise. This is just you know a regular book getting its next trade paperback. Yeah, no, and and this is one that I'm definitely going to pick up because I I like this series so far. So right away, there's one <laughs> to add to the shelf. Oh my god! Should we keep track of how many we're buying? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> you you could do that, and you could tell me at the end how much this show cost me. <laughs> so every time you say I'm buying this, I'll just tell you how many. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Okay, well that I mean that's going to be dangerous for both of us, but all right. Uh, yes. <laughs> now it's interesting. So there is stuff in here which I don't personally. Um, I'm not really interested in, which is a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Um, so this is the, the, on the next page of the Star Wars Age of Republic Heroes trade paperback. So I guess they're doing a bunch of different one shots um, with certain characters like Anakin, Obi Wan, etc. All set during the Republic years. I'm interested that they're doing it, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm going to end up picking these up. No, it's it's. It, I really liked when they launched Star Wars initially with the Jason Aaron. And the Kieran Gillen stuff, I thought that was great, and I hear still very good things. But when it becomes so like there's a miniseries for everything, it's overwhelming, and it's like you got to pick your poison. So I, I'll, I'll skip this as well. Yeah, and the, the next one's the again the the corresponding villains. Like again, I like that it exists, and I like that people are getting more Star Wars content uh, for people who love the property. Uh, for me, like I still pick up the trades for the core Star Wars book, um, yeah. but everything else I just kind of like it, it's too much. I mean, I'd have to like give up com- uh, you know superhero comics and just focus on Star Wars. There's so much of it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, speaking of, we have the Star Wars Han Solo Imperial Cadet, of which I've read a couple issues. It's kind of fun, you know. It's set during his, you know, the, the briefly glanced over period of him being in the Imperial, uh, I guess, what Navy military? Like he was on the, I guess, the the Land Corps initially. So uh, it's kind of a fun little story, but again, it's just sandwiched in the, into that character's history. Yeah. Did you did you like Solo the movie? Like that aspect of his life? I didn't. It was okay. It was, I wouldn't it, want to it, read comics about it. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't great. I mean, it, it was just kind of there, and it was sometimes a fun adventure, and some of the stuff I just kind of rolled my eyes at. Um, this part of his history, I rolled my eyes at more than other parts. Right, right. Uh, continuing on, we have the Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, uh, which is the Empire Volume Five. I'm glad again that this stuff exists, which is you know it's got all the, the kind of the legends, all the non-canonical stuff, uh, kind of tried to be put in some sort of con- uh, order, which I really appreciate because it takes stuff that's been published. You know, just looking at this volume, it's collecting stuff from '94, '95, and uh, much more modern than that. So I like that they're kind of trying to pull all this together in a way that makes sense. Yeah. It's, you're right. It's cool that it does exist and that it's all under one umbrella now. Because again, there's so much that you can you can collect of Star Wars. Where do you start? So when they have it kind of organized with the epic collections, which is a whole like out of the epic collection series, the Star Wars stuff is its, its own whole like shelf. Oh, for it's, sure. It's overwhelming. It's interesting because, yeah. like, I'm on a bunch of different uh, Facebook groups um, that are, you know, people putting up their, you know, pictures of their collections of their epic collections, and they always kind of say as a, as an addendum, not including Star Wars. They're always like, I have all the epics, not including Star Wars. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's fine if you don't. <laughs> like, that's a caveat that people feel like they have to at least make sure that people know that, that well, I'm not this crazy. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I get it. 
I couldn't. Once if I started with Star Wars, big trouble. Big mm-hmm. trouble. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna go through every page or try and point no. out unless there's stuff that you want to talk about. But I was interested that they're bringing back the Marvel Visionaries collections. Yeah, I see that here now. Now it makes sense because it's the whole 80, 80 years of Marvel, so that's kind of the idea behind it. But I was surprised. Um, there also there also is one for uh, Stanley, and there's some others too. But I was surprised that they were bringing it back just because. You know, it feels like they've gone so into comprehensive collections that having a weird scattershot like this isn't really their purpose anymore from a publishing perspective. But if you brand it as part of the 80 years to kind of show, well, these are some of the highlights from certain creators, it's kind of interesting that they're going to do that. Yeah. And for certain uh, artists like a John Romita Sr., it's it's fitting. It's interesting to get a book like that that isn't more about Spider-Man, um, just because, I mean, if, if you put a gun to people's head, they'd, they'd probably just say, he's the guy who did a lot of Spider-Man. And obviously he's done a lot more than that, but it's just interesting to see a book where, you know, the Spider-Man issues are there, but there's not a lot. Yeah, and, and I think, too, like, the Visionaries, I, I bought a couple of Visionaries in my time because that was the only way to collect certain stories. Mm-hmm. But... Now it's it's. I remember the the Todd McFarlane Spider Man started off with a visionary, but then the rest of them were just in the legends category. So it became one of those things. It just became hard to collect, and it felt incomplete to mm. an extent. Yeah. So I maybe for for Ramita Senior to have like the highlights for him, it's fitting. But I, I don't know if I would start collecting these particular ones. But it is interesting, like you said, to see them come back. Now, along the lines of the, the 80 years of Marvel celebration, you have these uh, decades, which uh, books coming out. And that's kind of reminds me of the uh, the Marvel first that they did a few years ago, yeah. where it's yes. just, it's just yes. kind of weird. Of that. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird scattershot, like, bunch of books that, you know, kind of... And this one's subtitled Awesome Evolution. So you're seeing kind of differences and things changing, but it is a weird collection to look at like just looking at the books that are in there like you're seeing amazing uh spider-man getting married um you're seeing x-factor you're seeing i guess the first appearance of archangel um like it's it's a lot of weird stuff that i don't know how this would work if you read just each of these single issues out of context because a lot of these are part of longer storylines yeah i wonder if they if historically they they've noticed that people who don't know what to get end up buying these things as like starter packs if if it, you know what i mean but mm-hmm. it, it's not something that i if i was in a store i'm like ooh i need to get that it just seems like too scattered where i'm not getting any real complete feeling of the characters just like a, an appetizer so I, I mean maybe it works that's why they're doing it i don't know I don't know. I almost feel like it's it's not even an appetizer because of the issues they pick. I think I feel like it's half an appetizer. It's like yeah. you're going to get a bite, but then I'm going to take it back. Right. Exactly. And it's I don't think enough for you to. I don't think it would be enough for me to want to keep reading it with what you're kind of being given because you got these great artists here. You got John Byrne, Ron Friend, Sal Buscema, but not not enough. I think in order to appreciate them, you've got to have them over a period of time for them to become like your visual library of the character if you just show one one issue of Ron friends and then another issue of a john byrne you're not really going to get the point or the value of it in my opinion so no, so they're not for us not for us we're we're collectors to that we need every single <laughs> one that that there is right we can't just have a taster no so it's it's, it's not for people with brain damage <laughs> yeah exactly Okay, good to know. It's, it's it's for normal people. Yeah, it's for people who just want to, oh, that's a nice story. I read that Spider-Man getting married story. Not for us who need to 
see when he you know tied his shoelace before he went to visit Mary Jane. <laughs> Uh, so and then we have um, you know X X Force covering the the current X Force. Have you been reading any of this? No, not yet. I, I read the first issue. I, I liked it. I I don't know how I feel about Young Cable, but I you know it has some good ideas in there. Uh, the art is a little uh, very different than the cover art that you see here, but uh, you know I don't know if I'll pick it up, but I'll I'll think about it. Um, so I have a question with current Marvel stuff that is happening. What are the prerequisites for you to pick something up before before you answer for me it's either a character i like like a spider-man because i I enjoy spider-man even if you know the the aggregate rating for it was a seven out of ten i'll pick it up but after those core characters that i love i'm looking for like critical acclaim so if this was critically acclaimed would you pick it up Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, no, I don't think so. I think for for modern books, I have a certain. Well, I mean, it depends if we're talking about the the singles or the fl- uh, or the trades. But for the trades, I have a very specific titles that I'll follow. I usually follow, you know, the Spider Man titles. Uh, well, sorry, I should refine that because there's so many in theory. Um, I cover like Amazing Spider Man, and then whatever the secondary Peter Parker Spider Man book is at the time, whether it be Friendly Neighborhood or Peter or Spectacular. Um, I always get. Um, the Miss Marvel trade paperbacks. Um, let's see what else. I always get the Daredevil ones. Like there's just a few. I've, I've kind of pared it down over the years. It used to be more, um, but now in terms of what I actually want on my trade paperback shelf, it's much more refined to just kind of being those core books. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty much an Avengers, Spider-Man, and uh, if there's a hot title, that's like I'll continue picking up the Immortal Hulk mm. as long as. Uh, uh, the, the writing team is is on that one because that's a great book. It's interesting though because for a lot of the stuff it does like there's some of them where again like Daredevil I have to have on my shelf like that's not really negotiable for me like I need to have an, a complete trade paperback library of Daredevil uh, as much as possible and by the time the epic collections are done I will basically have that because they have that easy bridge point to uh, the Marvel Knights era. Um, so for me like I, I need to have that. However, I do know that for a lot of these books, especially with these specific runs, they start creating these complete collections eventually, which will be a better value if you can wait. So, case in point, actually, on the next page, we have the Thor by Jason Aaron complete collection. I never bought any of these in trade. I've read them. Uh, My uh, brother-in-law loves this entire run, so he's been picking up the hardcover versions of them. So, I've read all of it, but um, I really want the the big, beefy you know, trade paperbacks. I could probably wait for an omnibus, but, you know, part of me is like, you know what, Just, just get the nice trade paperback because they're coming out earlier. So I feel like my patience has been rewarded. Yes. Yeah, and I have the first run of the, the Jason Aaron Thor um, before uh, Janeway took over. I have those in the, the hardcover, the, the first printing of them. Okay. But I would like to have a nice, like you said, an 18 issues of a complete story. I like these complete collections myself, so I might dip into this and, uh, and and add this to the shelf and resell those original hardcovers. So should that be on your list of things you're going to buy? Potential, potential. Potential. Okay, well, I'm not going to include that then. I'm only including the ones you will buy. Okay, include it. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those ones that you take with you on a trip and you've got 430 pages worth of good comics to read. Mm-hmm. Whereas those other hardcovers, they're nice, but they're, you know, 
you can only take like one or two because before you know it, there's nothing else fits. This you can you grab two of these and you got like an omnibus. True. Well, so and you, so I, I, I should say, I mean, they they have been doing these oversized hardcovers as well for the Thor run, right? Like they they have the yes. skinny ones and the big ones. So actually, on the same page, we do have a 528 page one. I just I like I don't know there's something about soft cover. I don't need everything in hardcover. I know a lot of people love the you know the OHCs. It's just for me, I something about soft covers fine. Yeah, it's true. There, it, it it kind of feels more practical when you're reading it. Like I like the hardcovers; I'm a sucker for them. But it's I don't know when I I just I find myself enjoying the experience of reading a nice beefy uh, soft cover trade paperback. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna flip forward a few pages. Uh, one thing I'm interested in, but I'll wait to see kind of what some of the buzz is, or if I get a chance to read any of the singles. Uh, it's the Unstoppable Wasp Volume One. This is a new a collection, well, sorry, a new series starring the Wasp, because she already had one recently uh, that she was starring in. Uh, what I'm interested in is the uh, art team is uh, by Guru, Guru, Guru Hiru. Oh, my goodness. Um, that was hard to say. And they're the creative team, or sorry, the, art, the artistic team behind the uh, the unstoppable Gwenpool that I loved. Um, so that's kind of makes me more interested because I know that's visual style and I think it would really fit the character. So I'm interested to, to check it out. I don't. It's not on my I'm going to buy yet list, but I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, so that's interesting. Guru Hero is, is I didn't realize it was a team of people. That's yeah. different. Yeah, it's not it's a it's an entire illustration team based in Japan. Cool. I like it. It's it's a different artistic style than what you see in a lot of Marvel books, but I you know, I kinda dig it. Uh and, and it, Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, please. No, I was just gonna say it was a very nice pun that you used said what all the books it's about. In regards to the wasp. Oh God, I didn't even notice. Caught that. <laughs> that was a that was a very unfortunate pun. No, I liked it. Puns are great. Uh, next up, we got the Despicable De- Deadpool hardcover. So this is an oversized uh, hardcover collecting a, lo- a bunch of well, what thirteen, fourteen issues of the book before uh, Jerry Duggan took over. Uh, sorry, before he ended his run, I should say. Um, this is really good. Um, I don't know how it works on its own because you really need to read everything that happens before he's despicable. Um, but it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty get break. Uh, sorry, it's a pretty good read. Um, very enjoyable. But again, it's the wrap up to Duggan's entire run, so it's interesting to kind of have it on its own as an OHC because you kind of need to read everything that comes before it. Yeah. Did you read the uh, the whole run of this? By Duggan, yeah. And and you recommend it? Uh, okay, so I'm not necessarily the hugest Deadpool fan. However, there's a lot of really good stuff that Duggan did on his own um, okay. because he also did some stuff with Brian Pussain. Um But on his own, I think he was really good. There was the secret, uh, what was it? Secret Empire tie-ins were absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then the everything after that, which is basically Despicable Deadpool, uh, was very emotional um, and had a lot of good emotional beats, if you can imagine it. And then the ending felt very earned. And it also kind of made me feel like I didn't need to write Deadpool anymore because of the way it kind of ended, in, in a good way. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to reading Deadpool if it's a good book, but I'm never really drawn Deadpool. Yeah, that's so fair. So it's good to know what's worth worthwhile. I'm kind of the same way. Um, he's not one of my guys, you know. He's not one of my characters. I, my brother-in-law loves Deadpool, and uh, and so he would buy a lot more Deadpool than I would. Uh, but this was just a good story. And again, um, do you know what Deadpool did as part of Secret Invasion? I'm oh, sorry, Secret Empire. 
No, I did not. I do not. All right, so I won't say anything because if you do end up reading it, it's you know a gut punch when it happens. It it's surprising. It hits surprisingly hard, and then everything from there is pretty good. Okay, sounds good. Um, Marvel Masterworks is something that you and I don't really do. <laughs> no, it, it. What is? I'm going to say this ignorantly, being a person who collects comics. What is the appeal for people is it just having a completion of these works or because they're expensive marvel masterworks they're not they're not cheap and no. you don't get a lot of content for them so the big difference is that uh, they use the best restoration um that they have in any of their product um so the marvel masterworks you have Corey saddlemeyer's team are they're going through and they're actually like giving the, the best rendition and the most cleaned up restored version of these comics um so you're never going to find the comics looking as good as they will in the marvel masterworks now eventually for a lot of the books that have masterworked uh they eventually find their ways in the omnibuses etc and then they're using the updated files from the masterworks but if they were published before the masterwork existed for the material they're not necessarily using the best restoration hmm. okay and then because then you've got the soft cover masterwork sometimes that you see is that as good of a quality as these hardcover ones the answer would be yes but i believe they're for the most part discontinued at the, by this point okay gotcha I, there is a very devoted fan base to the, ma- the masterworks people who want to own them all um they have you know two covers generally they have you know kind of the um uh, more not modern looking but yeah I'm going to say more modern looking cover and then they have the covers that you see here which are kind of part of what they all look like they all kind of have this uniform look and the spines will match up and you know they've I forget how many volumes there are now and I would be yelled at by the people on the Marvel Masterworks forum for being ignorant about that but there are so many of these and a lot of people are trying to collect all of them and like well, this, this and this is yeah, this is some serious business. And you know, the masterworks have been around about thirty years now. Um, Tom DeFalco brought them in basically as a way to to make money, um, but also sure. a way of, of bringing these original materials back into people's hands so that they could experience the original kind of Marvel universe uh, in a in a nice pristine hardcover format. Like in the late eighties, early nineties, that was unheard of. Um, yeah. To to get it this way, and and these days it's just continuing that line. And again, they're slowly moving through the seventies and and the eighties to to get all this material. So here's a question: If if like I collected the, the trades and the hardcovers just for my own to have them to read to enjoy, but these will they actually retain some value? Uh, if in they regards re- to collected formats, then yes. Okay. These are like there are people looking for certain volumes um, because the print runs aren't huge because the price point is higher, obviously. Um, so some right. of them go out of print and then they just stay out of print and then they, you cannot find them. So the there is a, a very vibrant collector market for these masterworks. Absolutely. They are a collector item in and of themselves. And it's interesting looking at the material here. Like, I would not think of it as maybe the best material uh, in these particular volumes. Like, you know, I don't know if the She-Hulk run is that well regarded. Um, Iron Man may be a little bit different. But again, it's interesting looking at the Iron Man stuff here. It basically is the lead up to where many people would say Iron Man really became the book to read, which is by David Michelinie, Layton, and all those crew. And they didn't come on until, I think, basically 113 or right around that area. Gotcha. And that leads up to, like, you know, Demon in a Bottle, which is, what, 129 of an Iron Man? So, like, you're, it's leading up to kind of beca- starting to become the definitive Iron Man, at least 
before Robert Downey Jr. changed the character forever. Um, and but yeah, this is this is kind of leading up to that period. So you have Bill Mantlo, Jerry Conway. I don't necessarily think it's going to be an end. If if these guys were to have visionary collections, I don't know if their Iron Man work would be collected. Right. Right. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of Immortal Hulk before, uh, we have a Volume 3 coming out. I'm guessing that's going on your guest list? That's going on the guest list, and when they do a complete collection, I'll probably be a sucker to that, for that, too. <laughs> and I feel like that's <laughs> probably likely to happen. Like The longer these things go on, the more likely they're going to do a complete collection at some point. Especially if it's a, well, like it's a, a run worth reading in a nice chunk. But I'd like to see how long this particular uh, run of the Hulk goes for. If it goes to you know, 20 or 25, maybe I'll wait for a complete collection, but I like staying up to date as well, especially if the series is good. Absolutely. And then next we have uh, a bunch of Kirby books. We've got Kirby is fantastic king size hardcover. Now these things are actually giant. Um, if you look at the, uh, the trim size, like these are giant books, bigger than the omnibuses in terms of the actual footprint. Oh, wow. And what, is it collecting? How many? What's the page count on these? Uh, it's not. It's not that large. It's, it's a, not that big, but it's an expensive book. Okay, if you're a Kirby guy, I know there's a lot of people out there who love, like they collect Kirby. So this might be right up their alley. Well, I mean, I think the big thing too is that you're getting like a being able to appreciate his artwork in a size that we've never right. really seen, right? Right. Like sure. these are giant, and I mean, and if you're gonna get, uh, you know, a giant Kirby collection, you could do no better than getting you know a Fantastic Four collection. It's interesting, because they recently did a Behold Galactus uh, collection just a few months ago, uh, that's omitted here. Because otherwise you'd think that would be you know in, in any Fantastic sure. Four collection by Kirby, right? But it's kind of omitted as a, as a result. Yeah, that's frustrating. Uh, I'm going to flip forward a little bit. Uh, we've got, uh, I'm interested that they're, they're doing a Daredevil Fearless Origins. I'm not really sure what this is. Wasn't this released as a as one of those year one books or season one books? Well, that's what the cover would have you have you believe. But I think it's uh, maybe that's what it is. But it doesn't doesn't feel like it should be because if you look at the artists, look at how many different artists are involved. That's not one cohesive book. Yeah, you're right. Like those are very different. Like Paolo Rivera has done a Daredevil kind of story before but not in this format Marcos Martin same thing Ron Garney obviously worked with Charles Sewell so I'm not sure what this is yeah that's maybe they're they're yeah I don't know and it's not a big page count either that's no interesting. and it's not telling you what's in it so I mean obviously it's supposed to be about the origin of Daredevil but which issues how are how, how are they put together the, the page count's not very long it's only 136 so it's not that many issues uh, so I'm really curious what this is and I guess actually it does say Charles Sewell puts Daredevil back in black in the first issue of his run so that's his run there so that's Ron Garney and Charles Sewell accounted for but what about the rest I'm not sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you, that, that's one that you're going to probably put on your shelf, right? No, 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 no. It's not core Daredevil. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. we got the Gambit King of Thieves, the complete collection. I'm actually surprised. This book, you know, kind of came and went. It's from 2012, and yet now it's getting this consolidated complete collection. I'm surprised that they're going back and doing it. Uh, I've never. I, I, I don't even remember this series, but the the creative team on it looks interesting. The only thing for me that well, one, I'm not a huge Gamma fan, but there's too. I feel like there's too many artists on it. When it becomes that much yes. of a variety, I feel like it. You lose a, a feel. 
I agree with you. And it started with uh, the first arc was by Clay Mann and was pretty strong. Um, the rest of the series wasn't quite as strong as that. Uh, still had some interesting moments. I'm not going to pick it up, I don't think. But uh, for those who like Gambit, it, it, you could do a lot. You have done a lot worse in terms of Gambit collections. This is pretty good. Uh, for the Gambit fans. Yeah. Uh, speaking of epic uh, collections, we have the Miss Marvel epic collection. This is, I guess, volume two. Um, this isn't... Uh, I'm not really you know, excited to, to read this. I don't find the need, but um, I think for people who like the character, this will be fun to be able to get a lot of her appearances all in one spot. Yeah, I think it's... It, you know, well, naturally, they're going to be releasing these because of the, the popularity of Captain Marvel about to occur. I think it's going to... You know, a lot of people are going to know about Captain Marvel for once so these are fitting I just finished reading the uh, the first two volumes of the uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick okay. okay yeah did it I, I what did you read those uh, when they came out so a long time ago yeah like I, they were good but I, I don't know if they necessary must have so the, it, it I don't know if these hold up any better or what but again it's another one of those situations where you had a rotating cast and crew Mm-hmm. on this book so it might be a little disjointed but if you're an epic collection person you gotta get one right yeah it's not even an option <laughs> right they must yeah uh, we're, we're like halfway on the epic right we're, we're we have our characters we collect but some people they gotta have them all yeah and all the more power to them and, and it's just interesting when the epic collections first started you could do that and only get one title a month and that was fine and now it's like that you're getting multiple titles per month <laughs> Yeah, and the price point is not you know forgiving when you're buying that many. No, not at all. Uh, next up, uh, continuing the theme of Marvel, eighty years. It looks like we have a bunch of one shots to look forward to this year because all the creators are, are modern creators. Uh, this isn't something I'm probably going to seek out. Uh, maybe picking up you know one or two of the one shots here or there, but I wouldn't pick up the trade. Um, Ziggy Pig, Silly Seal Comics. I mean, it intrigues me by title alone, but um, yeah, uh, this is kind of a pass for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, now, this next one is a book I do recommend. Um, I've been reading uh, the Killmonger uh, series by Brian Hill, and actually, actually been very good. And it's kind of like I was listening to an interview, and I guess it's it's more or less you know within movie continuity, but also kind of not in kind of comic continuity. Like you can kind of blink and or squint your eyes, and it can kind of be either. Um, I mean, you definitely have you know the kingpin you have like marvel characters showing up so it definitely does take place in the marvel universe i'm really enjoying it i don't know if i'll pick up the trade but i do recommend that people check it out interesting okay i just i just talked about the current black panther uh run with the mm-hmm. latest trade they did but so i'm a black panther fan and if this is highly recommended maybe but like a used bookstore type of pickup <laughs> <laughs> I like that you have, you have different levels. You're like, well, you know, I'll, I'll buy this at a used bookstore. New bookstore? Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not paying $20 for it, but I may be a $10 purchase. And you know you can find that. You know what happens. No, it's true. Well, and this is the type of thing that does kill me a little is that, you know, it's five issues. If I buy all the singles, that's 20 bucks. But if I get the yeah. trade, it's $24 Canadian. Like I'm paying four dollars premium, so like yeah, that's that's why you know a lot of comic book shops in Canada have to start selling at U.S. cover, or you end up going to Amazon because you, otherwise it just doesn't make sense. Like, I'm, why would I pay more? Exactly. Like you want to support your shop, but at the same time, like you don't want to hurt your wallet too much either. Well, because I'd like to buy more than one one thing from the shop, right? Like mm-hmm. you said, I want to I want to support you, but I can't. If this place is selling it cheaper, well, what would you do? 
Mm-hmm. Right? We, we cross the street when the gas is cheaper on the other side. This is true. Now, coming up, this is this is a loaded page for me. So we have The Amazing Spider-Man by JMS Omnibus Volume 1, which I'm actually passing on. Yeah, me too. Because I'm hoping that eventually they'll reprint the Ultimate Collections. They could call them Complete Collections. I don't care. I just want to be able to have Volume 5, although my OCD will then kick in because I have you know the four collections of the Ultimate Collections, which I'm sure the next time they reprint it will be as the Complete Collection, and then I'll have Volume 5 will be sticking out with the wrong name, and it'll bother the hell out of me. How about this one? I got, I got the exact same ones as you, and my Volume 4, the Marvel has the red... It's red with white letters. All the other ones, it's a white label with red letters. That type of thing I've gotten over because they've changed it so many <laughs> times that I've just had to accept it. Like it, although actually my um, my uh, what was it? The Epic Clone Saga Collection. Um, one of the spines is discolored, right? Right. Yep. That bothers me a lot more. <laughs> yeah, one is like blue. The other one looks purple. Yeah. You realize the conversation we're having <laughs> means we should be in a mental institution. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Uh, at least we'll have someone to talk to. This is true. We'll just be in padded cells next to each other. It's fine. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. So, Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection Assassination. So, that's an automatic pickup for me. What about you? I want to get this one and Venom, but I, I, I want the Venom to be reprinted because it's so poorly put together that I haven't bought it yet. I will say, it's not as bad as a lot of the other quads. Really? Okay. It, it's really not. Like I've seen others with like pages coming out or like the you know the printing being really poor quality. You know the cover is not great and it, it bends a little. And then again the pages are a little thin, but it's nowhere near as bad as a lot of the others. Yeah, and I, I get them simply for a nice concise Todd McFarlane mm-hmm. complete sort of thing because I have the Todd McFarlane Legends, like I said. But the way those were printed, if if there was an issue in between and sometimes even in the storyline that he didn't draw it's not included which is ridiculous <laughs> so the eric larson fill-ins of that run i don't I, I can't read them i have to i have to read a synopsis so i'd like to have a nice you know epic collection of the mcfarland run it's only makes sense for sure now what's interesting about this one and i don't know if i've ever actually read it or all of it is that it does include the um the graphic novel amazing spider-man parallel lives which is pretty important to kind of showing that you know MJ or explaining how MJ knew who Peter was as Spider-Man beforehand. So I'm excited to read that in a collected format. Yeah, I, I read that. It was good. Uh, then we have uh, Spider-Man: Light in the Darkness, which is basically it's an interesting title. So last year we got I think Revenge of the Green Goblin or Return of the Green Goblin or something like that, which basically covered the orphaned issues between. Um, where the next chapter trades had stopped and JMS's run began. Uh, so this is basically filling in that same period of time, but in over in Peter Parker's uh, sorry, just Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, and then it goes a little bit past where JMS comes on, but there's no other way to collect these P- Peter Parker issues. So I'm hoping that this is going to continue and we're going to get some more collections of Jenkins' run. So for me, this is a, an absolute, I am buying this. Yeah, I want a nice collection of the Jenkins run as well. I have the older printings of them that I found, you know, some of them I had to order on Amazon, but it's, it seems scattered and incomplete. I'd like a nice complete run of it. So going back to what you said, that revenge of the green goblin trade Mm -hmm. that was out, that fills in from the next chapter to JMS run. That's where, that's that section. Absolutely. Yeah. I might have to get that then. 
I mean, if they had just called the next chapter number four, you would already have it. <laughs> I don't have the next chapter. What? <laughs> no. I mean, I skipped those. It's probably fine. That's what I've been told. That's because I was tempted last year at the Toronto Comic Con because Howard Mackey was there mm. to buy to buy them and get them signed by him. But I, from the people that I asked, no one had anything memorable to say. It's not that they badmouthed it; they just no one remembered it. Ah, uh, so like I don't mem- I don't mind some of the issues. Some of the issues I actually like a lot and have really you know fond memories of. Um, I do feel like the Revenge of the Green Goblins stuff. Uh, there's like one or two issues that are really stand out, and then there's a bunch of not really great stuff at all. Um, but for me, it was just more of a completion thing. And that's the thing for me too. Like I, I like having complete Spider-Man stories, and I usually like the ones that aren't even the greatest. But I still like them because I'm an idiot. <laughs> not because you're an idiot, just because you can't help yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I'll probably get this too, Spider-Man: Light in the Darkness. Yeah. And then we have some more modern trades. We've got Black Order trade paperback. We've got the... Now, this is an interesting uh, hodgepodge. is Captain Marvel's Star Forest trade paperback, collecting a lot of different kind of adventures of different Kree characters over the years. Uh, this is one of those, you know, if you're kind of curious about who a bunch of the Kree characters are, you might want to pick this up, but you're not going to get a comprehensive story because it jumps around like mad. Yeah, not interested. Uh, we've got Star Comics, Planet Terry, the complete collection. Uh, and I say, what is this? I remember this character as a kid, and I remember Star Comics, but I don't remember. I'm surprised like they're collecting this. Wow! I know. I mean, eventually everything will be, tra- you know, trade paperback somehow. I know. I know. You say you say that as someone who's like physically pained, thinking about all the I, books you're eventually going to have to buy. Well, this is the, this is the thing. I love that these things are all being. Printed because there's a lot of stuff that you hear people talk about that you you like. I'd love to read that. There's nowhere to find it. Then they print it. It's like great. Now I can do it. But then what frustrates me is they reprint stuff that you already have in better formats, and you feel like, well, I need that one now. So you you get rid of the stuff you have and just do it all over again, like an idiot. That's where <laughs> the pain comes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got a, a new volume of The Punisher. I'm going to wait for a complete collection of this because I think Rosenberg's writing enough that he probably will eventually get a, a Punisher complete. But uh, it's a really good storyline so far. Um, so I definitely recommend it. But yeah, I'm, w- I'm waiting for a bigger trade. Yeah, well, it's 120, 112 pages for 20. No. No, no. no it's 112 pages for what? Uh, you know, 21 20 bucks. bucks? Yeah. That's not, a, that, that's not good deal for me uh, not on the list Chapman. we got the spider gwen ghost spider and this is a weird collection because i think what the first two or three issues are all part of spider geddon and then it kind of starts doing its own thing and it just feels like that would be a very confusing read yeah is is, is the ghost spider is that just the latest series for spider gwen or is that what she's going by now both okay that's what she's going by. And she kind of started using the name in a really weird way. Um, yeah, it's not super memorable. Uh, we have Doctor Strange but Mark Wade, Volume 2. So, again, just collecting an ongoing book. Same thing with Man Without Fear. Man Without Fear, for me, is in the, a very weird um, headspace because 
Um, I'm actually missing some issues that are in trade. I don't have the Andy Diggle stuff because I didn't really like it, didn't really like Shadowland. And then they had the Daredevil Reborn, and like, which was kind of bridging the gaps between what Diggle did and then what Mark Wade did. And then we have this Man Without Fear, which is essentially the exact same idea, bridging that gap and the character more or less being reborn, but they can't call it Daredevil Reborn because they've already done that. Um, and then we get this. And so like, I'm really torn because part of me is like, well, it's in between these two other runs, but also I don't want to read this. Yeah, no, don't do it. I don't know. I well, we'll see. <laughs> we we do have sickness, but it's also not called Daredevil. And if I have it on my shelf, it won't. It will just look weird that I have this weird trade in the middle. That's right. Don't <laughs> do it. Uh, we got Fantastic Four Volume Two. I feel like Dan Slott's going to be on Fantastic Four long enough that there will be a complete collection, and I would probably eventually maybe consider picking that up. But I haven't been blown away by it either. Yeah, I haven't. Uh... Uh, I have, I've read the first issue. I, I really like the Marvel 2-in-1, but I've heard mixed things about the, the run so far, so I'm waiting for it to kind of pick up and read something where you know it's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I'm going to wait for a nice, more complete collection of this. And then before we jump into June, we got the Champions, Because the World Still Needs Heroes. Now, I don't know why they're calling them, like, graphic novel trade paperbacks, and this is... You know, they're saying it's perfect for middle grade readers. It does look smaller, I believe, than your typical. No, maybe it's the same size. Um, it's definitely big. It's got 296 issues. I think it's the first year or so of Champions, um, but it's not saying what's specifically in it. Although, if you read the description, it's definitely at least two trade paperbacks wise. I'm surprised and a little annoyed that they're doing it this way instead of a Champions Complete Collection. And again, I have those, you know, those two skinny trades. Oh, I guess that's another book I follow on a regular basis. Um, so I'm a little, a little upset by it. Well, yeah, and it's a very, very good price point for a lot of content. So I'm not exactly sure how they're able to swing this and put that much content for that price when the original trades were, what, 20 two dollars canadian for us oh yeah well i mean even just just the page before again look going back to that fantastic four trade that was what 160 pages for 26 dollars canadian and now we have 296 pages for 17 dollars canadian what <laughs> right stupid i mean i i don't cite percent price uh, price points but it's definitely like they're making this accessible which i appreciate but as someone who's already bought the content it's a little annoying Right? They don't, they don't care about us. <laughs> well, we've already bought it, so we definitely don't care. Uh, as an end user, our, our transaction has been completed. I'm done. Right? I know. And I like, I like when you can get the 12-issue. Like, I, I appreciate reading those 12-issue trades where it's like the – I don't know. Well, here's the it's thing. nicer. We'll probably get a complete collection at some point, which will be double the price and have the same issues. That's right. And we'll buy it for $52 probably. I mean, sadly <laughs> – <laughs> so now we move into June. So we start with Star Wars again. So we got Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation. I'm actually still surprised that they're doing these. Um, but I, 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 people are buying them, so I'm sure they must be uh, you know, entertaining and interesting. They must do something that you know really gets people to want to buy them. Or they're just Star Wars fans who can't help themselves either. Have you – quick question. Has your interest in Star Wars waned a little bit in the last year or so? Mine has. After Last Jedi, my my love for Star Wars has gone down a little a little bit. Um, it doesn't excite me the same way. Yeah, I guess I'm not as excited. Um, I guess that's probably true. I mean, I I'm not. 
I, I don't. I can't tie it to anything specific. Like I can't say that. Oh, I walked out of Last Jedi, and now my excitement has been waned. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's just so much out there, and I don't know. I, it's a really good question. I think. I mean, in general, Star Wars comes up too frequently, and I see it more often than I did before. And I feel like you know, I look at Marvel solicits more than I ever looked at Dark Horse solicits. And when Dark Horse had Star Wars, it was kind of in its own little thing, and I never really paid attention. And now, whenever I'm going through the Marvel solicits, there's a ton of Star Wars there. And I'm like, oh my god, there's so much Star Wars. But there's just as right. much Star Wars as before. It's true. It's true. Like nothing's actually changed, and it's just now it's more maybe visual, and it, again coupled with the movies, etc. Like we're, it just feels like it's more in the culture, but really it never left. Like if we're talking about like 997, then it's different because 997 you have the special editions, and there's like people are like in a fervor, and they're like, oh my god, they might make more movies. We haven't had movies, you know, for 14 years, and they might make more movies. And we had animated series a while ago, but they haven't. Nothing's current, and we can only live on in these you know expanded universe novels which were huge at the time because that was the only place you could really get Star Wars yeah no I know and, and I remember that fervor as well it's just now with like I guess because I the continuity that people were hoping to see or get get used in the movies that are now coming out because the story took such a, like a turn where it's it's almost like oh, I don't even know what this this doesn't feel like my thing anymore that's how I felt so when I see Star Wars, I don't have that same uh, um, fervor that I was having when the books were. Well, I was telling people like, you got to read these comics; they're some of the best Star Wars stories ever. Now it's just so it's like the proliferation of it is so much that it, it doesn't mean as much. That's fair. So we have a bunch of trades here. We got the Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the Rebellion. We got a new trade of Doctor Aphra, which I've never picked up, but I like. I've read issues here and there. It's still enjoyable, but definitely doing its own thing, which I think is actually to the uh, book's de- um, benefit. Uh, we got some Venom books because there's tons of Venom material at Marvel these days. So we got Venom Unleashed. Uh, that's not something I feel the need for. Um, there is a collection that I'm I'm, I'm not going to pick up, but I, uh, I'm glad it exists. And it's one of those things where, again, kind of like the Visionaries, it felt like it was starting to fall out of vogue. Is you have the Spider-Man versus Mysterio collection, which I mean has a lot of different you know different stuff from all different time periods. Um, but and obviously with Mysterio being in the movie, this is a good way of kind of saying like if you just want to read Mysterio appearances, here you go. It's cool. I'm happy that Mysterio is getting his, his time to shine. This is cool. Now, my my only, not problem, problem is the wrong word. It's interesting because obviously there have been different, you know, Mysterios. Uh, there's been, you know, Quentin Beck. There's been Daniel Burkhart. There's been different guys. Uh, Max, Bl- uh, was it Francis Blum? I can't remember the exact name. It's just interesting because if you look at this collection, like, there's there's definitely some holes here um the friendly neighborhood spider-man issues i'm pretty sure the way in which it uses him is going to be confusing uh unless they have a text page somewhere because i mean the character died in daredevil um right. and then he was brought back and like, there was all sorts of weird stuff about that and him maybe being demonic and now I'm not remembering all of it but i just feel like it's going to feel weird to have in a collection where you have like his first appearance his second appearance you know and then someone else as mysterio and then all this weird shit but you know i'm i'm glad it exists it's not for I me think, but it exists yeah i think this is for the people who leave the theater and want more of, of spider-man versus mysterio type of thing that's what i think it's targeting yeah, or people who just like Mysterio as a villain, and there are five of them. And you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kid, I kid, I do like Mysterio, but like, 
I, I never in a million years would have thought that he would have been, you know, a selling point on a trade paperback. Like, usually it's Spider-Man versus Doc Ock, Spider-Man versus the right. Goblin, you know, Spider-Man versus maybe even the Lizard. Like, not Mysterio, usually. Right. No, you're right. It's true. And then we have Spider-Man the Sinister Six trade paperback, which makes me think that we're going to get a Sinister Six in the movie that they're just not telling us about. Because otherwise, it's interesting that they're doing it. I mean, we have a premier hard, hardcover classic of this. We have an epic collection covering this. And that now we have just these issues uh, by Eric Larson and David McElhinney, as well as the first appearance of the team by Stan Lee. And again, to be honest, like if you can find the Return of the Sinister Six trade paperback, it's kind of a better value for your money. You're missing the annual, but I mean, you can find that reprinted in a lot of places, too. Yeah, and it could be, again, another thing with the fact that the Vulture was in the Homecoming movie and mm-hmm. now Mysterio is being featured in uh, the latest movie. So it could be something to do with that, that it's you know kind of in the zeitgeist again. Speaking of zeitgeist, are you ready for uh, decades? Marvel in the 90s, the mutant explosion. Oh, now, boy. That's the zeitgeist. Now, the issues here, do you know, just by knowing at the numbers, which issues they're even talking about? Because this is a grab bag. No, no, I don't. Okay. I, I like X-Men, but I don't know my X-Men that much. Okay. Because I feel like if it was me and someone was like, okay, Adam, you're going to pick out some, you know, a few different um, issues of all the different X titles from the 90s, and you're going to put them into one big collection, what would you do? And I'd be like, not this. Um, because, like, <laughs> this is this is a weird grab bag. Like, you have Generation X issue four, not really sure why. X-Men number five, which is literally... <laughs> X-Man, like, appearing in, in Switzerland from the Age of Apocalypse. So not having that context is going to be weird. And then at the end, he finds Madeline Pryor, who, unless you know who that is, is going to mean nothing. Uh, so it's kind of a weird hodgepodge there. Uncanny X-Men 328, that's, again, there's nothing necessarily that special about it. The X-Men issue is weird because um, it's sandwiched in between some really important issues, but really it's just about Sabretooth living in the mansion and kind of being crazy and, and bothering everybody. And it's just like, why Why are these the choices? I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm just so curious. because And like, so sorry, I should go back to uh, the Uncanny X-Men it was a memorable issue at the time. It was Psylocke fighting Sabretooth with Joe Maddart, which is, looks great, but again, it's kind of weird to have it there. And you're also having the issue with, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. And you have Deadpool issue two, not issue number one. You have a random issue of Cable from later in the 90s, issue 64. Uh, that was part of the, uh, I believe, the Casey run. Uh, again, it's just an odd assortment of books. The X Factor issue is probably the only one where I'm like, yes, you need to have this in a collection because that's the one from the cover where it's the examinations issue by Peter David. That's the one where, like, yeah, if you got to have it, you got uh, an issue of X Factor, you got to have that one. Yeah, but I, like I feel too with the X Men because their their series have always been so intertwined and. I don't want to say convoluted because that sounds like a pejorative term, but but you really need to be reading so many things that are happening in their world to get the context of why this was important. Like if they were going to put an X-Men um, issue in there for the decade in the 90s, I would have imagined it would have been the one where uh, Wolverine gets his claws removed. Like that was one of those moments that everyone was like, you know, mm-hmm. they were they were just shocked. Or even like a first appearance of Deadpool or something like that. That was 90s? Did it make it into the 90s or was that like 89 with Rob Liefeld? Uh, Deadpool, no, he, he still appeared in the in the 90s technically. Yeah, so like I would imagine those, because it's the mutant explosion, right? So you'd want the first appearances of people. Or, so uh, yeah, this one, I'm shocked. 
Now, I, 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 we're not buying it. What? Pardon me? That's why we're not going to buy it. I, I know, know, I know. I should go back for a minute and say that the the cable issue actually does make sense because um, it was. Um, I remember it was one of the first cable issues actually I ever bought, and it was a bit of a, a lowdown on who is Nathan Summers and who is Cable, and kind of showing his history up until that point. So that one actually makes sense. All right, fine. If you say so. <laughs> now, along the same line, we have Captain America: Evolutions of a Living Legend. Uh, which is collecting a lot of different stuff as well, 248 pages. Um, and this is kind of, again, a bit of a weird hodgepodge of a lot of different different appearances of Captain America, different costumes. Some, sometimes he has armor. Sometimes, you know, he's wearing the Captain costume. Like, it's all kind of thrown together into this weird hodgepodge. These, I feel like I'm going to see all of these 80-year Marvel legacy books in a big pile at B&B. Here's the thing. I think this one will do better than a lot of them, and I think it deserves to do better than a lot of them because, I mean, some of them, some of the issues maybe not because they're kind of part of a larger story, but I think it will work better as this weird hodgepodge than some of the other collections do. I think this one works better than the X-Men one. Yes, yes, it does. Even though, again, you're getting part one of a bunch of different stories, I still think it's more valid. Fair enough. So we have a Spider-Man Far From Home prelude, so obviously we know almost nothing. Right. Uh, then we got, the, in terms of uh, regular books, we've got Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, so I am going to say I'm going to buy that. I'm buying it in, in singles, but I'll probably end up putting it on my shelf as well. So that'll go on my guest list. That'll go on my guest list as well. All right. Uh, then we got the Hulk by Loeb McGinnis Omnibus. Now, part of me thought about it. Part of me. Yeah. Did you like this run? Uh, no. <laughs> Let me explain why. <laughs> so I haven't read all of it. I have read part okay. of it, and part of me always wanted to go back and understand everything that was going on at this point because it started intertwining with stuff by Greg Pak. So the only reason I thought about it was like, well, maybe they'll do a corresponding collection with Pak so you could, you know, kind of understand where they were going with this and how the two things kind of intertwine. And I feel like they did a, a complete collection and I just kind of missed on it. So I'm not going to buy this yeah. because if, if, it's an, if I'm going to buy an omnibus, I have a very high bar these days on omnibuses I'm going to buy, so this doesn't clear the bar. But it at least made me think about it. Yes, I mean, I, I think I think if I was if I wanted to read it, and I was like always curious about a run, like for instance this particular Hulk run, I would I would try to get the complete collections before I would dip my toe into an investment like this because it is harder to read an omnibus. It's the hardest book to read out of all of comic book collections, and it's the steepest, you know, other than a, a Marvel Masterworks. It's it's real estate on your shelf. It's like you said, you got to have a high bar for it. Yeah, so speaking of high bars, so the next one I don't think I'm going to buy is The Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 4. I'm really back and forth on this because the Epic Collections for me have kind of made me needing this redundant. Um, Yes. Because, like, I have the first three, and when I bought the third one, I knew that they were about to release part of it in an Epic, and I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this. And uh, and I did it, and now I kind of wonder if I should, if it was the right choice. And now that now that I know that, I'm looking at this fourth one, and I'm like, part of me really wants this, 
part of me wonders how how far they'll go with it. Like eventually right. they're going to stop these omnibuses. Um, but I know that the epic collections will eventually have all this material. So I'm really torn. Um, I like having letters pages, which is something that the most of the epics do not have. Um, but I don't know. I I'm, I'm honestly thinking about trying to sell my volumes one, two, and three, let alone buying the fourth one. Don't don't get rid of the first three. The first three are essential to have as omnibuses. Why though? I, like, if, I, if I have the epic collections, who cares? Yeah, because the epic collections you can take with you on your vacation. The omnibuses you can have when you're sitting in your your man chair and enjoy it like a king. Hold on, hold on. So in this scenario, I am crushing my knees. <laughs> you you gotta get. You know what? You gotta get one of those. Um, when I want to read an omnibus in my in my chair. I have like the, 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 the things that you eat dinner on, like those little trays. I put it across, <laughs> put it on there. It's a beautiful thing. You have to have, you got to keep the first three Amazing Spider-Man on the bus. I feel like I'm supposed to buy volume four, but I'm like you. I'm going to, I'm going to collect it in the epics. And I, I went in on the digital sales on Comixology and I got the first 200 issues of, of Spider-Man there. Mm. So I'm good. Wherever I go, I got Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Avengers by Jason Aaron, volume three. So you said you buy Avengers. So is this on your list? This will this will probably be on my list if the if the book is still maintaining a, a level that I like because I like the first volume that was fun. Uh, the second volume is coming out soon. If I if I'm still you know in for for it, I'll probably this is on my maybe list. Okay. Next up was uh, Avengers No Road Home trade paperback with the first well not the first the ten issues of this upcoming miniseries. It has hasn't even started yet, but I know I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm going to get it as well. I'm a little disappointed that it's not hardcover to go with the other hardcover that I splurged on, but I'm going to get it. Now, again, we've talked about this off podcast, but this has been a huge issue for me because I own the original storyline in um, in digital, um, and actually I bought it as it was coming out, and I've actually subscribed to the upcoming one in digital as well. But I know I want to buy the first uh, No Surrender in, in some sort of collected format because I know don't have it yet, and I want to just buy in softcover to match this upcoming softcover, but it's like $4 less than the hardcover. I'm like, for that price, I just want the nicer one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one, especially because the price difference is is they're not much. Yeah, they're basically this isn't is the one. same price. Yeah, and then this one's significantly less. Yeah, it's rough. Ah man, at this point, I almost would say go with the soft cover so it looks nicer. But <laughs> that hardcover, that hardcover is a nice one. I know. And that's a that's that's a, a tough one for me. I have to uh, decide what to do. But we're both buying it regardless. This new one. Yes, yes, we're headed back. Did that conversation? That was a padded cell conversation once again. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we have uh, the Daredevil Epic Collection, Purgatory and Paradise. I'm going to buy this. It's going to sit on my shelf, and I may never read it. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I not, can... not good. Not good contact. Um, here's the thing. I'm being unfair. Um, I haven't read all of it. I read some of it. It's just, you know, kind of forgettable. Um, not the best material. Ha- I mean, if you look at this, there's what? Uh, well, I guess that's actually a lot more issues than I thought. But I guess it's got, like, what, 19 issues? But how many writers do you have in here? You got one, two, three, four, five, six writers? Like, that's a ton of writers for a year and a half. Yeah. And then just looking at the artists, like, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six plus a various, which means there's a lot more. So you have to get this one, huh? I have to. It's Daredevil. I'm going to have them all. Gotcha. And, and not all of it's bad, but it's, it's just forgettable. I should say it's not bad material. It's just forgettable material. Gotcha. Now, How next, about the Fantastic Four? 
Now, is, uh, so I, I don't buy the Fantastic Four in Epic. I've thought about it. I actually recently was looking at which which Fantastic Four epics have been published um, that has kind of the more modern material. And when, when I say modern, I mean like 80s plus, which is not modern at all. Um, and I really thought about it, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't need another line. I'm curious about this stuff and kind of following the Engelhart material. Um, some of the first FF I ever read was the very end of his run. Um, and I thought about buying anything of the eventually they're going to cover all of the falco's run in ff and i'm definitely interested in that but strange days is i think kind of out of print now so i'm really kind of torn if i should jump in there so i'm probably going to take a big old pass on fantastic four and just stick to my i think i have three main epic runs so i'm just probably going to stick with those for now gotcha uh, and then we have silver surfer epic collection uh for people who love silver surfer i'm really happy for them this is part of his run on, on Silver Surfer but uh, I'll probably be skipping this as well yeah I mean I, I, it's nothing against the material at all it's just not a character I've never had a lot of affinity, infinity, uh, sorry, affinity for um, so I just don't feel the need gotcha now this next one I'm really thinking about uh, it's West Coast Avengers Volume 2 really liking the run by Kelly Thompson but part of me is wondering again with every book, I'm like, is there going to be a complete collection? Because I don't have the the need to have this on my shelf right away. But it is a very enjoyable book. On the wait list. Yeah, exactly. Gotta put it on the wait list. Then we have Dead Man Logan, which I haven't read at all, and I almost forgot that Old Man Logan was still around. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's again one of those things where there's so many Logans and Old Man Logan, Dead Man Logan, Return of Wolverine. I, I it's exhausting to know where to start. Mm-hmm. But again, if this is a, a a critically acclaimed book and it's a game changer for the character or like a, one of those uh, what do they call them evergreen kind of titles I'll, I'll pick it up but I'll wait and see yeah so then we have the Fantastic Four Behold Galactus now I mentioned before it was a giant hardcover so this is the softcover version of it um, so it's got a, a you know a collection of different Galactus stories. It's kind of cool to have that not just the original one, but uh, two later stories. So that's again one of those hodgepodges, but much more con- uh, concise. And so if you yes. just wanted some good Galactus stories, you get three good ones. Yeah, that's not a bad a bad deal. No, fantastic four. Then we have more Marvel Visionaries. This is uh, the, I, I would say one of the bigger ones was Stan Lee. So that must be a hard one to choose. Um, I like that it has the original prose story he wrote uh, for Captain America Comics, the first story he ever had in a comic book. I like that it's there. That's cool. Uh, you know, and it's interesting. Against again, interesting choices. I mean, you have um, Amazing Fantasy fifteen because you kind of have to. Interesting to choose Fantastic Four eleven. I'm trying to remember what happened in that particular issue. Uh, you have the drug issues of Amazing Spider Man. You have uh, the Daredevil issue with the that's, first. That's a- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying the Spider-Man, that's essential to have out of, like, you know, that whole run. There's so many highlights, but that one there was real, uh, you know, water watermark moment. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that there's not more Fantastic Four in here. Uh, True. And, uh, and, and, I mean, Spider-Man gets four issues in here, actually more than that, because he also gets the, I guess, material from this spectacular Spider-Man super special. So he actually gets a lot in there, uh, which is fitting because, you know, the, I think the two characters he's tied with the most are the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. Uh, then more and modern the Silver Surfer. That's inc- oh sorry. Oh sorry. Keep go going, ahead. Keep going. I was just going to say the Silver Surfer issue that's included there. That's the the famous Thor mm-hmm. Silver Surfer cover that I'm thinking of. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And then we got Winter Soldier having a, a new series, um, a new complete collection of the New Mutants by Abnett and Lanning. This is uh, Volume Two. Um, I'm not going to pick it up, but uh, it was not a bad run. Um, I liked parts of it. Um, 
I can't remember how far I went with it, but you know, it's a good run, but it's just not something I'm looking to pick up myself. Yeah, no, me, me, me neither. Now, this is an interesting one that they're doing a Star Drammers trade paperback, and if you look at the material, like you could not have books that are farther apart from each other. You have the original Star Drammers book from '95, and then a 2004 book, and it's like, what happened there? And this is the uh, Star Jammers. That's Cyclops's father, right? That's, that's right. Okay. So was the were the miniseries that they had released? Are they worthwhile? I mean, everything like you said gets reprinted, but is there any significance of these things in particular being reprinted? The first one I believe is by Warren Ellis. Um, okay, that's fair. And I, I although I'm sh- I could be wrong. I feel like it was reprinted previously in the in an Excalibur. Um, Excalibur by Warren Ellis, but I could be completely wrong and thinking of something else. Yeah, do the Starjammers even have that sort of a following? Are they planning? Maybe they're planning to release a Starjammer series. I mean, so this is like a taste tester. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're in the Dark Phoenix movie in some way. Like, who knows, right? Mm. Like, I honestly yeah, have no idea there. <laughs> yeah, Dark Phoenix movie. That's a whole other podcast, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's our podcast. <laughs> Is it a podcast that needs to happen? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's just an interesting, interesting choice to make these, you know, to make have these characters show up and and have them have a, a trade. So interesting. If you love the Star Jammers, the, the, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we have the the um, the current Tony Stark uh, series has a new trade paperback. Um, we have a bunch of, uh, well, the first of a bunch of Marvel Knights books that are coming out. We got the Marvel Knights Punisher by Garth Ennis, the Complete Collection Volume Three. So if you missed out on this classic run, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but if you missed it and really wanted to enjoy it, uh, they're giving you a nice format to enjoy it in. Uh, it does include the um, Confederance, Confederacy of Dunces storyline, which is very humbling for fans of Spider-Man, Daredevil, and uh, Wolverine. So if you like those characters, don't read that story. How about the uh, the Marvel Masterworks? Are you gonna? Do you have any Masterworks at all? No, I don't. <laughs> so, so this one won't be making to the shelf. No, it, put it's these in epic collections. Yeah, if it was an epic collection, I'd pick it up right away. It just you know, it's just a choice in format, and I've thought about it. Like I've thought, like you know, is there a book that I would really want to have to have in this beautiful format? And I, I just don't think I have that. I don't I don't have something that would make sense or like I wouldn't want to go back and have to hunt down and, and pay the scalpers for, you know, what it would cost me to get amazing Spider Man in these in these masterworks. And again, when I have a nice cheap option like the um, the Epic Collections, which do have access to those files, again I I don't feel the need for me. But again, People love Masterworks, and they're a prestige, awesome product. Like uh, Gormu or John Wright Thomas, who's been on the show many times in the past and runs the forum. Like he's a huge fan of the format, and I'm glad it continues to go because you know people love seeing this older material reprinted in a very um, you know uh, niche product in a, in a very high quality way. Mm-hmm. It, I really hope these come in epic collections. Like I'm, I'm just waiting for that announcement to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So, you know, most things these days, 
are called epic collections, but some there's a lot of like kind of proto epics or things that should be called epics that aren't. Like there is the recent What If Complete Collection, which really was epi- you know just an epic collection of it, just not called that. I feel that way about this Speedball the Mass Marvel. Like it has a lot of the original old appearances of Speedball before he was really kind of around and doing other things as part of the New Warriors. It's cool that it exists in its own concise format. Why didn't they just call it Speedball Epic Collection? It would have upped their sales. Yeah, yeah, it's true because people, like you said, the completionists would have gotten it. And the people who would just buy Speedball would have gotten it as well. Absolutely. I mean, again, Speedball fans, they might just number in the 5 to 10, but uh, people who love Epic Collections are a lot more. So, Yeah. No, again, another one of these perfect for middle grade readers. We've got the Miss Marvel Metamorphosis graphic novel trade paperback, which, again, it doesn't say which issues it covers, but I would imagine the first 12 or so. And again, nice cheap price point. I would have loved that. I mean, I, I buy Miss Marvel in trade. It bugs me that I am not able to have I, – I, I've spent on six issues or five issues what people are going to be spending well, – actually, I've spent more than they're going to be spending to get like 12 issues. So the trip size is the same as a regular trade? No, this one's sm- actually I should say, you know what? These are smaller. Okay. So it's like a digest size. So I guess I'm fine then. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, they could be it looks as though like they're 12 issues of somewhat of a complete story that young people could read like middle like middle uh middle school readers. So like the champions definitely uh you know, focused on people of that age. And now the Miss Marvel is probably going to be the first 12 issues of that series in that sort of digest form. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a nice Miss Marvel if that's what you collect, you know, that trim size would, would make the, the, the collection look wonky if, if you just had this one because I don't think true although looking at it it looks like maybe it's not just actually I'm realizing that it's actually probably not the first year of the book because I think that would have been the uh, the um, the comp title the Miss Marvel Kamala Khan that was probably the first one Uh, so this is probably maybe the second year but if you look at the authors you have a bunch of authors who wrote other appearances that she was part of so uh, it looks like it's kind of grabbing from those appearances because G. Willow Wilson's been the sole writer up until now at least of Miss Marvel but then you have Mark Way, Dan Slott and Chris Gage and they wrote other appearances in different books so I'm intrigued what it looks like but again it's probably not something that will ever end up on my bookshelf personally but uh, because I have most of the material already right right and actually how do you buy how do you buy Miss Marvel what uh, format do you get it in uh, digital and then in trade okay because I had the two volumes in that oversized hardcover mm. which is nice because it's the, the full first series the first yeah. 22 issues and then I started to continue with the uh, regular sized trades and I'm I don't know what number they're at now but I'm, I'm I think I'm up to the 8th or 7th trade wow so I gotta pick up on the Miss Marvel what are they at now I don't even know I just picked them up <laughs> <laughs> no it's a good series G. Willow Wilson killed it uh, sure. Next next up, we have Cloak and Dagger, Agony and Ecstasy. And as Curtis Finley mentioned on a, on a Facebook post, that they have done a bunch of these Cloak and Dagger series that they're basically epic collections but not called that. And you can actually right. collect almost all of Cloak and Dagger's appearances up to a point just by buying these various different uh, softcover trade paperbacks. And they're, they're pretty hefty. They're like 424 pages, like that's that's not a small amount. No, and the price, the, the way it's priced as well is pretty much the epic collection price point. Absolutely, and again, the pages are basically there. So if you love Cloak and Dagger, and you you know you you watch the TV series and want to see more of what these characters did over the course of the last you know forever, uh, then go pick these up. Yeah, for 
another complete collection. We got Not Brand Eck, which I'm not going to buy, but I, I appreciate that it exists and is and is um, you know collected. I feel like it. You have to appreciate the 1967 humor. Yeah, I think this is definitely something for fans of that era. The nostalgia of it is going to sell it for sure. Uh, we got Conan. Uh, I'm not going to pick this up only because I'm picking it up in the singles. Um, but uh, I, although I might think about getting in trade at some point, but it, it won't be an immediate pickup. How is the single so far? I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Oh no, I take but that I back. I take it back. I read the first issue and I liked it, and uh, I think I have the second issue. Just haven't read it yet. Okay. But the right uh, guy to write it, though—that's for sure. Oh yeah, and it sounds like it's his dream job. So I, if anyone, you know, when people get their dream job, either it can be terrible or, or, or the best thing ever. And I, I'm hoping because it's Jason Aaron that it's the best thing ever. Yeah, me too. Uh, then we have the the Conan, the Jewels of Gwalior, and other stories. So there's a lot of trade paperbacks that are going to be coming out, and there's omnibuses, and there's a lot of old Conan stuff that's coming out. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to take a shot at it just because I feel like, no, first of all, I wouldn't know where to jump in, and second of all, I'll, let, let's see how we feel about modern Conan before I go back to old school Conan. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I the one Conan that I've always been tempted to buy. And I, I did end up getting it off of your recommendation was the uh, Kurt Busiek, uh Carrie Nord moment, mm. oh, yeah. which is going to be, I think, released sometime very soon in an epic collection as well. But uh, that was the one time where, because I think it was kind of an origin of Conan. And yeah. it, like you said, it's very hard to know where to start with this character. It's kind of intimidating trying to jump in on it, but I guess the, you know, the fact that the property is back with Marvel now with Jason Aaron writing it is a good place to kind of start and then from there pick where you, you want to go. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize we, we've uh, we've tripped into, into July. We um, did it. So we've done it. We're halfway through technically. <laughs> We're only like an hour or something in. Oh man. Wow. Uh, so we got the Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the newspaper strips, uh, which I, I didn't even know that existed, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Again, not not necessarily something I'm picking up, but again, I feel like a lot of that stuff you have to have enjoyed it at the time or have some yeah. sort of nostalgia collect connection to the original Marvel um, Star Wars stuff because I don't think it's aged that well. And the continuity has changed as well around it, to be fair. So I feel like for those who really enjoyed that stuff, great, but it's just not for me. Although I always hear people say Al Williamson's Star, Star Wars is beautiful to look at. That's true. I have heard that as well. Uh, we have another one of these Marvel 80 years. We have the uh, the decades, Marvel in the, in the 2000s, hitting the headlines. Um, and this, again, is something where it's not very good. It's not going to be a, an enjoyable reading process because you have the first issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, which is one-sixth of an origin story. You have the second issue of Origin, so you're not even getting... Like, you're not getting the entire origin of Wolverine, you're getting one slice of it, but not even the first slice. You get the first issue of Ultimates, which is really just a flashback story about Captain America. You get the first issue of Truth, Red, White, and Black, which is, again, one slice of a pie. You got Astonishing X-Men number one, which, of the bunch, is probably the best done-in-one story. Um, you have uh, Civil War number two, which again has you know Spider-Man unmasking, which again is in and of itself not a story. And you have the death of Captain America, which is a, a rough read because if you're ripped away from the context of what happened in Civil War, and if you're ripped away from everything uh, that Brubaker had been leading up to, it means nothing. So th- this is a big old pass. Can, can I just? I just want to say this sounds really bad, but 
these things are these decades in the Marvel is stupid. I don't know why they're doing this. Um. Well, <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like this one, at least, is it's saying these are the the headline grabbing moments of the 2000s, which is true. It is. And if you just said that, here's a list of the top things that you know grab people's attention in the 2000s, that'd be fine. I don't need a collection showing me pieces of those you know things that made people talk. You know what I mean? Like it's just a weird choice. That's the thing. It's, it, if this was like, you know how they have the uh, the checklists for a lot of the characters, and you can go through like the first six hundred issues, and you can see what what which stories were what and who wrote them. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So if they made these like that, and they were like articles written about the impact of what was happening in those books, the way they do sometimes the magazine, they they give you like those free magazines at the comic book shop when there's an Avengers event or movie coming out. If they were doing this like that. This would be interesting, but because they're reprinting just the comics and, and showing like one issue at a time, it's like, what? What's the point of this? Well, here's it's the not thing: not enough to make you want to read the no. rest of it. I don't think. No. Well, here's the thing: so if they had said hitting the headlines was like a subtitle for a series of trade paperbacks, and each one was like a you know, kind of like how DC has like the essential line and like the black label line and all these different lines. If they had done you know uh, Marvel in the two thousands hitting the headlines line, and then they had like the first six issues of Ultimates there, and they had Origin there, like this material has already been reprinted a million times, so putting that aside for a second that would at least make more sense because at least you're getting the story um, but right. here you're only getting one slice of a story yeah exactly no, not even a slice like again it's one of it's not the appetizer it's just a bite of the appetizer and we'll take it back from you I don't know it's, it, it, it's odd for sure uh, moving on in July we've got the Marvel Masterwork Captain America volume 11 it seems that people are both some people are really excited about this and some people aren't because this is Jack Kirby stuff uh, so he's both writing and drawing so some people are really big on this and other people seem to be like eh wake me when Kirby leaves did you read this stuff before? I have not read a lot of this Captain America stuff I have to admit this is a, a bit of a, a gap in my knowledge yeah I have them but I haven't ever gotten to reading them just because it does feel very I got them based on the fact that I like Rick Remender's the beginning of his run in Dimension Z with John Romita I enjoyed that Okay. and he was very inspired by Jack Kirby's like zaniness and what he did with the characters so I said okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a look at that for history's sake but I'd never, I've never found myself in the mood to go into that era and because I, I love the way Jack Kirby's energy is when he draws the action and all that I've learned to appreciate it but his scripting is still leaves something to be desired mm-hmm. uh, next up we have the Master of Kung Fu Epic Collection Fight Without Pity um, and now again I w- am young enough to have never grown up through the Kung Fu craze and understanding why people love this so much I haven't had a chance to read much of it I will be fair um, I'm glad that this is giving people a lower cost version of these books because obviously they first did those three giant omnibuses and now they're actually reprinting in epic collections and I'm glad that people will be able to have this on their shelf and actually enjoy it and do it in bite sized chunks and not in the gigantic chunks that an omnibus would have made them do it's still 496 pages though so that's giant add it to the list for you that's right it's on your list hey look at that i have the first uh, epic collection that's why so i figure this okay. is a nice little it'll be a nice little run for sure uh another marvel visionaries this time it's roy thomas uh and again a bunch of interesting choices uh nothing as glaring to me but uh yeah it it, it really runs the gamut and you got modeling with M- millie you got uh, Chamber of Darkness. You got Fantastic Four, Giant Size Invaders. It's all over the place. But I think that's, you know, again, what the visionaries are supposed to do. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, we've got Tomb of Dracula. Um, so this is a 1991 series, which I've never even heard of. Yeah, me neither. Marv Wolfman, Gene Colan, that's quite the, the team, though. It is, yeah. I, I, I'm interested to maybe do some, find out some more about it. And uh, I'm not necessarily going to buy it right away, but I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on it and hearing... You know, I, I've never heard anyone talk about this, so hopefully someone ta- tells me about this and s- tells me why I should, you know, go out and read this. And what's the price point for thirty-two? Is it going to be hardcover? No, it's a trade paperback. Hmm, interesting. I know it seems strange, but it's it's pretty long because I mean it's only four issues. Yeah. So I mean that's yeah. that's I mean either there's a lot of supplemental content or this was originally done as a kind of a prestige format. Yeah, it's probably forty-eight issue. Uh, 48 page issues within and then they got the the extras added to it yeah uh we got a weird weird world they've been using a lot of weird world uh in the last few years so i like that they're kind of having something where having more adventures from the world of weird world oh my god that's hard to say um i'm not i'm not gonna pick it up though it's not for me me neither uh and then we have amazing spider-man so we already had volume three in this collection and in this uh catalog so i'm definitely buying that i'm skipping it no i'm just joking I was going to say, your, your, your OCD will not allow you to do that, sir. No, absolutely not. Uh, let's see, we've got Ironheart. Um, I will see if I hear anything good. I, I don't even think I've read any of the issues. Yeah, same or, with me. Or maybe it hasn't even started yet. I mean, we are talking about stuff coming out in July, so. Right. Uh, then we have an amazing Spider-Man epic collection, The Goblin Lives, so that's a, an absolute must for me. That included that is yeah I have those in the uh, the omnibus so I think I'll, I'm good I'll probably pass on this one. Look at that you're gonna pass. Well I don't I only collect the epic collections of Spider-Man material that I don't have an omnibus for. Okay, interesting. Uh, we got Spider. I might though if they do Roger Stern epic collections I might get those. Oh they will it's not if it's a matter yeah. of when. Yeah that that I'll, I'll, I'll more than likely collect as those double dip in that now so they've uh, given up on some of this is the thing that bugs me so when they did the brand new day trade paperbacks they did them for a while then they changed the name on it for the next one and now they've switched to the naming of the gauntlet complete collections um, so it, it makes it harder to know where you're jumping in and, and following but I'm definitely picking this up for myself I will as well I thought that they were going to I thought it was going to be a different name for the what followed Brand New Day. There is. There's one in between this. Oh, uh, so they're messing with us again. Yeah, there's there's one that covers, like, I don't know, whatever the 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 space is in the middle, but covers, I guess, the red-headed stranger and that storyline. Yeah, so there's, again, we're, we're kind of jumping ahead, right? Because we started in April, oh, sorry, May. So there's already trades that we haven't gotten yet that have pre-gone pre, uh, before this. Now we have a Thor epic collection. Now, I know you've been dabbling in those. Are, this is the next volume of the Tom DeFalco run. Are you gonna are you gonna bite? Well, I have the uh, the Black Galaxy original trade, so I was able to. Uh, I read all of the Tom DeFalco stuff into the Black Galaxy. I'm not sure how interested I'm going to be in reading uh, the Eric Masterson. Like what happens after that? I might pass on this. Really, I would say that's when the book gets more exciting. Really? Because I mean, maybe. Uh, maybe this is a maybe. Then here's the thing. I mean, they love Eric, um, and the fact that they you know kept playing with Eric and making the Eric Thunderstrike like they have a real affection for that character. So I feel like you'll want to see how they develop the character as Thor. Yeah, and I, I guess because like once he takes over, Thor is 
like Odin's son is no longer there, right? It's just it, the, even the personality when he is Thor is still Eric Masterson. Right? Ab- absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the part where I'm like, ah, oh, well, I still like it, but I, I might bite I, oh. if I if I see it for a, a good deal on Amazon or somewhere else, I might get it. I won't pay fifty two dollars for it. Okay, and then we have, uh, let's see, Thor Volume 2, so continuing Jason Aaron's run. We have Deadpool by Scotty Young Volume 2. We got Thanos by Donny Cates actually getting upgraded to a hardcover, so that collects not just uh, his issues of Thanos, but also uh, the Cosmic Ghost Rider miniseries, which was fun. Um, So that's in an oversized hardcover. I highly recommend that Thanos uh, run. All 18 issues were very, very good. It was very good. His his ending of it was, was solid. Oh, for sure. Uh, then we have Spider-Man Deadpool, which I would say is completely skippable. Yep. It's uh, just not for me. Now, this is a, a new kind of sub-branding. We have X-Men Milestones, uh, collecting stuff that's already been collected 18 times before, but in a new way. Huh, what else is new? It's, sure, look. Well, it's follow in- the Mutants Milestones. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting, too, though, because like, it's a very kind of retro design, like cover design, and it makes me wonder yeah. what the spine looks like and what all the spines next to each other would look like. That's the only reason I'd even consider it, because there's no other reason to, to need this stuff again. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I don't think you need this stuff again. No. no. Uh, then we have Kirby is Mighty, and this is uh, a lot of his Thor stuff. That's cool. Again, for people who love uh, giant Kirby collections that are $127 yep. uh, Canadian, go ahead. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a pretty cool uh, collection there. Uh, next one is a definite buy for me is uh, Champions by Jim Zub, Volume 1, uh, which is kind of misleading because he was already writing the book, but this time he actually gets to launch the book. And uh, it's been, I've only read the first issue. I don't think issue two's come out yet, but uh, I've really enjoyed it and I'm excited to read more of it. So I'm definitely going to put that on my shelf. Yeah, I'll probably put that on my shelf too. So is that going on your list? That's going on the list. All right. I feel like I might have missed one for both of us, so the list is not perfect. That's okay. And I wasn't writing down what they were, which is what I should have been doing. Instead, I was just doing like a tick on a list. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I should, I'll should. i have to listen to the uh, episode back later and be like, oh, man, I missed this. <laughs> now, this is an interesting collection. Next, we have the new X-Men Companion. So it's a companion to Grant Morrison's new X-Men, stuff that was taking place kind of in the periphery or using some of those same characters while he was doing his run. I'm not necessarily going to pick this up because I'm not a an X-Men completist anymore like I would have been maybe 10, 15 years ago. But I'm really excited that they're at least doing this and, and saying like these, these – I mean where else were you ever going to find these X-Men Unlimited uh, issues collected? It makes me sad that there's some of them that seem to be um, orphaned um, or that they're not collecting the entirety of the issues. So some of those issues are never going to be collected maybe or not for a long time. So that's the only part that makes me sad. Otherwise, I think this is an awesome idea. Yeah, I've never dipped my toe into that era, the new X Men era myself, because I hear it's I hear people sing its praises, and then I hear people say who it was the time they jumped off of X Men. So I I kind of skipped that and just went to the Joss Whedon. So this one, I'll, I, it wouldn't be on my radar. No, and it, it wouldn't have stories that would necessarily impact continuity either. Like it's kind of the stuff off to the side, which is fun. But if you never read it, that's probably fine. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, um, so next we have New X-Men, The Quest for Magic, The Complete Collection. So this is collecting more of the Kyle and Yost material. Um, Again, not my favorite era of X kind of characters, but interested to see it here. And you have Infernus and all this other stuff, but it's not for me. But people who like the New X-Men and who like uh, Kyle and Yost, yeah, this is for them. Yeah. Uh, We've got Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which uh, I love the character. I don't have it on my shelf. 
I'm wondering if someday they'll do complete collections. If they do, I'll absolutely oh, pick will. it up. Yeah, they will. So this is a good book, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. You know what? You have to be okay with it being kind of silly. Um, but right. if you're okay with it, it's a lot of fun. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we've got Invaders Volume 1 by Chip Zdarsky, Carlos Magno, and Butch Geis. Um, so this is this book, I think, just launched. I think it's only had one issue so far. So who knows what it's going to be like. But uh, for those who want the trade, it'll be coming out in July. So far, I've enjoyed Chip Zdarsky's work at Marvel. Uh, so, again, depending on the depending on the re- reception of it, it's a good chance I might get this. Hmm. Um, five issue five issue trades is a good read, and if the price is good, I mean twenty ninety nine, I wouldn't probably pay that, but I'll probably read this. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not on the higher end of the the more modern trades. Um, no. You know, and if you can get it at U.S. cover, like 16 boxes, you know, not too bad. Yeah. Uh, And we have the Cable and X-Force Omnibus. So this is uh, for those who were, I guess, following the Cable Classic. or I can't can't even remember the different collections they were doing. But, yeah, this is collecting more of X-Force and more of Cable. Um, It's not something I'm going to pick up, but uh, for fans of this kind of era, it's got a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we've yeah. got the Heroes Reborn Omnibus, which I am so torn. Like, there's no need for me to own this. Like, I own the uh, the trades. There's nothing new I'm getting. Actually, I take that back. I think Heroes Reborn half is in maybe one of the issues I have, so I, I do have that. But I don't have Incredible Hulk 450, so whatever, you know, if there's two pages or who knows what it is, it's just material from. But I don't have that. But otherwise, I have everything. Um, I think... One thing that I'm excited about, and I can't remember exactly, is I think I asked um, Jeff York on the Marvel Masterworks forum if it would include some of the pages um, where other characters showed up. Like, there was a page of uh, X-Men 65 where uh, Heroes Reborn Iron Man showed up, and I think he did confirm it was going to be in this omnibus. So uh, that kind of stuff makes me more curious about maybe being able to have everything in one spot. It does not include all the issues obviously because issues 13 will never be probably never be reprinted um of all those runs because they were a wildstorm collection so if you're a completist you'll never get those um but i'm really i'm really thinking about it like i i have it all i don't need it and by the way this cover um i've complained before that this cover is dumb because it's actually a a, uh, hero's return uh promo not not heroes are born but i saw on amazon that they've actually updated the cover to reflect the proper cover um so that at least makes me happy and i I told that to Curtis Finley. He's like, yay, like, you're crazy. Why do you care so much about this? But uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, like, it's, it's something that's never been on my radar to read because... Have you never read it? I never read it. Oh, my God. There's never so much good it. stuff in here. <laughs> I've, I've never heard anybody say that. Like, Captain America with boobs is all I think about. When okay, I think that was promotional material. It wasn't actually in the issue. I know, but... I mean, if it was good, I feel like it would have lasted, no? Um, I think it gets it gets lumped in. Like, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. Some of it's awful. I'll uh, come straight out. And, like, some of it's not very good. But there's some good ideas and there's some good stories. Like, the Iron Man has always been my favorite. And 
um, they link together the origins for that particular universe of Iron Man and Hulk in a way I thought that always made a lot of sense. Um, so I always really dug it. So, I mean, and it was my first real exposure to Iron Man, and I was buying it on a regular basis. So there's a little bit of nostalgia there, but I didn't read a lot of the other books as they were coming out, and it kind of came to them later when I was able to collect them. Um, I don't know. I like it. It's got some good stuff. Does it have some excess? Absolutely. It's from the 90s. It can't help but have excess. And, you know, it's also got some really nice Jim Lee art. Um, you know, it's got some so-so art from Bob Liefeld. Uh, it's got some, I think, Walt Simonson, either writing or drawing, and now I can't remember. Uh, there's a lot in here. And, again, like, how many pages is this? This is 1,360 pages. So, I mean, you're getting a lot of material. Yeah. At least yeah. half of it is okay. <laughs> and, and you know what? I think what I love about Heroes Reborn is everything that happened when Heroes returned. <laughs> What a backhanded compliment. <laughs> well, because I like the Iron Man. I like Captain America. I like the Avengers that all took place after this. It's all really good stuff. Like, I love that era of Marvel. That's like saying, and, you know, I had a horrible, abusive relationship. But you know what? It's okay because I had the best relationship ever right afterwards. <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I would read, I would give this stuff a, a, a shot and, you know, do a podcast episode about it. But I, don't think I'd ever want this in an omnibus. Okay, well, I have the trades. I can hand them to you at some point. When that- you buy the omnibus, right? Oh, God. Don't <laughs> jinx me like that. I don't... I, I'm probably not going to buy it, but here's the thing. There was a time when I said, I'm never going to buy the Age of Apocalypse omnibus. I'm never going to buy the Onslaught omnibus. I already own all the material. There's no way in hell I'll ever need to buy this. And do I own both of them on my shelves? Yes, I do. The Age of Apocalypse is, is a good one, though. That's a good one. I like how you didn't ind- indicate that Onslaught was good. I've never read Onslaught, so I can't I, I can't uh, pass judgment on it, but okay. I hear good things about it. I've never heard... I, I've always heard Onslaught into the Age of Apocalypse is good. So just back your car up to my house, and I will bring out omnibuses and collections. <laughs> and then your wife will be like, please tell me you didn't buy those. Please tell me yeah. you borrowed them from a very generous library. And you'll be like, yeah, <laughs> actually, yes. Yeah, that's what I'll do. She'll say, what about this digital thing? I hear that's really good. Don't you like the digital thing? (laughs) (laughs) So we got X-Men Eve of Destruction hardcover. So this is one of those things where I'm having a a difficulty because I don't feel the need to have all X-Men stuff in these kind of larger, oversized hardcovers. I know a lot of people have been doing that. They've been reprinting a lot of older X-Men material. And this is kind of the last time where I was such a huge hardcore X-Men fan. And then uh, Grant Morrison came on, and I never really felt the same afterwards. Um, it, you know, and, and I would come back to it from time to time, but it was never it was never the X-Men of my youth anymore. So this is kind of the last gasp of the X-Men as me as a teenager, I guess, um, more or less. So this is this is hard for me because like I don't actually want to have it in an oversized hardcover. I don't want to have to feel like I have to go out and track down all the other oversized hardcovers from you know this general run. But the fact that they're finally collecting a lot of this stuff is kind of cool to me. Um, so I'm really having a, a difficulty processing it. This is an omnibus. This is this is false advertising with this because this is like the fatal attractions that yes. I have on my shelf. Yep. And you look eight hundred and eight pages. It's one hundred and twenty-seven bucks. This is an omnibus. That's BS. In all but name. <laughs> so dumb. 
Uh, let's see, we got X-23, we have a, a Black Widow, I guess she has a new book, I didn't even realize it was happening. We got the Silver Surfer, the Parable, 30th Anniversary Edition hardcover. Um, this is oversized uh, for those who want to enjoy Stanley and Mobius. Uh, I've heard a lot about it, but I've never actually read it it's myself. Good. Yeah? It's good. Yes, yes. Uh, Martin Slam Duncan, uh, let me borrow his Marvel premiere edition of this. Okay. And it was a good, a good read. Uh, interesting seeing Mobius because you know he's that so he's like the the Neil Adams from France type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I don't think I'd spend fifty two on it, but it is because uh, you know eighty eight pages. But it is a special book, that's for sure. Okay. Um, a, a curiosity to me is the fact that they're reprinting a Havoc and Meltdown. Sorry, Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown, which was you know a, a painted series from uh, I guess what the late eighties. But I'm surprised that they're reprinting it and on its own and not as part of something else. But this is one of those oddities. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, we have the New Mutants Epic Collection, again, for the fans of that run. Uh, it's the second volume, collecting issues 13 to 31, which is pretty cool. Again, I have never really liked New Mutants that much. I've never really con- uh, connected with the characters, but I know that there's a whole generation that absolutely loves that book, uh, especially the original kind of stuff by Chris Claremont. So that'll be a, a big thing for them, especially for fans of Bill Sienkiewicz. Mm-hmm. As uh, well as there's the movie coming out, right? So it's going to... Eventually, well, right? <laughs> Isn't it coming out this summer? I mean, it was originally supposed to come out last April. Oh, boy. And then it got postponed like a year. So, I mean, eventually I'm sure it'll come out, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Uh, we've got Wolverine the Long Night. We've got uh, another one of these Fantastic Origins. We've got uh, Fantastic Four this time. Um, so first we had the Daredevil one. Now we have an Avenger, uh, sorry, Fantastic Four one. Not sure what the market is for these or why they're doing them. And it looks like they already did an X-Men one and an Avengers one uh, last year in 2018. So I guess they're there. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I don't know who the market is for that. How about the Spectacular Spider-Man? I feel like you're getting this for sure. I'm not. Really? Here's the thing. I like Spider-Ham as a concept. I don't think I need to read the original title. What about for, for Zach? Do you think he would enjoy it? Uh, I don't know, because like there's there's kid stuff now and there's kid stuff then, and I don't know if it's maybe too juvenile. I don't know. I can't imagine reading 424 pages of Spider-Ham. <laughs> Me either, but again, there's a dedicated audience that would have loved it when Star Comics was first publishing it. True. So, I mean, I, I, for me, I'm passing, but I think there's a, yeah, a definite market for this. Um, and then we have the Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Spider-Man graphic, uh, graphic novel, trade paperback, just like the Champions and the Miss Marvel. I do like the, uh, the trade dress at the bottom um, that all these different books seem to have. Um, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what this is covering, um, but uh, yeah, um, you know, it's it's a nice cheap way to get a lot of material and slightly smaller than the, your typical collection. Yeah, it looks like the original um, Ultimate Spider-Man Miles Morales, not the the stuff that's in current 616 Marvel. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess so. I'm not sure. I guess you're probably just right. Look, just looking at like Sarah Pacelli, Chris Somney, and David Marquez, they were on those original 12 issues, right? Yeah, I guess you're you're right. You're right. Uh, now we're into August, so we're in the we're in the we're in the tail run of this. Home stretch, home stretch. I mean, if you can call the home stretch, we've hit the hour and a half mark. That is the home stretch. Yeah, we might have to make this a two parter. Uh, no, this is this this is going up uncut, man. I like it. I like it. So this is we got Conan the Barbarian, the original Marvel Years Omnibus Volume Two. Again, for a whole segment of people, this is long awaited, um, and they're very excited to see it. Um, if I, I mean, again. 
I feel like the the right time to jump into uh, Conan is not with one hundred and fifty eight dollars. Uh, to buy something that I don't know if I'm going to enjoy, but there's a whole segment of people out there that are going to love this. I do think the price point is a little high based on the page count, though. It's only 808. Yeah, that is a lot. So if, because usually the uh, the Marvel stuff that's less than a thousand or a thousand pages is around 99 to 125 max, right? 160 is quite a bit. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, the next, yeah. we have the Savage Sword of Conan, which is covering the, the new uh, series that actually, I guess, hasn't started yet with Jerry Duggan and Ron Garney. Um, I'm interested to pick that up. Probably I might pick it up in singles just to try it out. Again, I've never been a Conan fan before, but I want to I wanna try it, just kind of like I did about Star Wars when um, Marvel got the license, is that I'd never really read Star Wars comics, but then I was like, okay, well, Marvel's obviously going to put a lot of weight and make sure they have like really top-flight creative teams on this, so I'm going to give it a shot, and I ended up loving it. I feel like the same is happening with Conan, that you know they're finally getting this property back that you're only going to get the people who really want to work on it. Yeah. I will say, like, just going back to the classic Conan stuff, mm-hmm. I'm, oh, I've always been a little tempted because I've become a, a bigger fan of John Buscema, and knowing that his favorite thing to have drawn during those years was Conan, like, he put a lot of love into it, and I had a, an uncle who had given me his Conan collection, which I sold for, you know, comics to add to my own, but the art in it was just gorgeous. Mm. So, uh, it, it, it's cool that Marvel had the rights to be to print these again and they're all like epic collections possibly of Conan might be actually really cool yeah so I'll be picking that up not in trade though I'll be picking up in singles so that doesn't count as one of mine um but the next one does. Uh, Star Wars Volume 11, I do pick that up in the, in the soft cover every month or every six months or whatever the case might be. So that series is still going strong and, and quality-wise it's still holding up. Absolutely. It's been very enjoyable. Okay. I think I stopped at Volume 6, but I, I loved it. I didn't I didn't stop because I didn't like it. It was just yeah. – I, I, was backlogged, I guess. So we have more uh, of those uh, Star Wars one-shots. This time it's the Age of Rebellion instead of the Age of the Republic. And again, you have heroes and villains, um, which is cool. And then you also have the Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the original Marvel Years Volume 4, because you forget how much material they pumped out with Star Wars back in the day. Uh, You got uh, War of the Realms is coming, so you have the actual trade paperback. So by then it'll already be over. I don't even know what this is, Adam. War of the Realms, that's uh, the big uh, Jason Aaron event uh, coming out of Thor. Okay. It's, it's, everything's been leading to this. Okay. I've, I've, it, the Thor, after the original God of Thunder run, I was kind of waiting for everything to end and just reading it in one fell swoop. So okay. it's good to see that everything's coming, coming down to this. And it, it, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, only good things have been said about this run. I've never heard anybody on the fence being like, eh, it's okay. That's very true. That's it has almost yeah. universal acclaim for the most part. Um, yeah. Then we have another Decades book. This time it's the Tens. Uh, it's Legend. Rip it apart, Adam. Tell them how stupid it is. <laughs> Legends and Legacy. Well, I don't think this is as bad as the prior one. But it does definitely makes me wonder. Like you have the first issue of the Kelly Sue DeConnick Captain Marvel. Okay, that's 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 worthwhile. You have uh, Ultimate Comics Spider Man number seven. 
I don't know what happens in that issue, so I, can't, I don't know exactly why it's being reprinted here. But then it's just a bunch of weird collections. Again, you have the Iron Man from 2012, which these days feels like it's from 18 years ago because it's so divorced from what we're seeing now. You got Edge of Spider-Verse number two, which I'm guessing is Spider-Gwen's first appearance. Uh, you got Miss Marvel number 12. You have Amazing Spider-Man number three, but that's from the 2015 volume. Who even knows what that was these days? You have Mighty Thor number five, which I guess is when you find out it's Jane Foster. You have a first issue of Black Panther by um, by Coates that you were recently talking about later on in this run. You have Unbeatable Squirrel Girl issue seven for some reason, and then a random issue of Thanos. Like I don't know. Obviously, it's supposed to be about le- legacy and about legends, but you could not have found. I, I thought they'd done it before. I thought they had found a more hodgepodge, you know, series of books. But this, they have outdone themselves. Because uh, I think this, the Amazing Spider-Man three, if I'm not mistaken, is the first appearance of Silk. Is it okay? I don't even remember anymore because they've had so many volumes of Amazing Spider-Man that saying that you have a, a volume from 2015 doesn't mean anything anymore. The 2015 is uh, the Peter Parker luck era, right when he comes back from Superior Spider-Man. I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. I don't even remember when Worldwide started now. That's weird. Like, that, that, but doesn't that tell you something? That, like, they did, they just keep reprinting or uh, restarting it's a volumes. Frustrating. And yeah. it gets to the point where you have no idea. Like, yeah, I was trying to help somebody at the comic shop the other day who was reading post Superior Spider Man, and he was confused, not knowing what difference was worldwide and where to go, and I had to kind of give him the. Cole's notes on it, but I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Okay, so uh, that volume of Amazing Spider-Man, that's actually uh, that is the Peter Parker industry, sorry, Parker Industries era. That's the issue with him fighting Human Torch inside the Baxter building that he has recently purchased. Which again, why is it in this collection? Yeah, that's weird. Really well, weird. Let, let's move on to something that, that that'll be more savory that makes than that. Sense. Okay. We got uh, Kirby Returns, King Size. So it's uh, Kirby comes back to the, in the seventies, and so you have Devil Dinosaur four to seven, Machine Man one to six, Black Panther one to three, and Captain America two hundred eight to two twelve. It's interesting that those are the only issues Devil Dinosaur that are included here. Otherwise, yeah, it's a perfectly good collection. Yeah, it'll go. It'll definitely all those Kirby oversized collections will be nice completed for for those. For the Kirby Completist, it's, it's a nice little round of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Mr. and Mrs. X following the uh, the current series. Uh, then we have a uh, Marvel Masters of Suspense. Now this was originally called the Steve Ditko Omnibus. Now it's been called the Stan Lee and Steve Ditko Omnibus. It's the first volume of a lot of mystery books from like the fifties, etc. Um, again, this is one of those things where, from a historical standpoint, I'm really glad it's being reprinted. Will I pick it up? I I don't plan on it unless I get a really good discount on a on the. I just think it's more money than I want to spend on material that I honestly have no idea if I'd even enjoy it, but. I'm excited that there's at least all this material that most people have never read being reprinted. Right. And then we have uh, Marvel Visionaries, John Buscema. So more of these visionaries. And again, uh, a lot of good stuff in there. I can't wait till they do a uh, Silver Surfer epic collection of the John Buscema family. I hope that's coming soon. So you would pick up random epic collections and not get the entire run? Are you going to be able to do that? Surfer? Yeah, that that epic collection was uh, it, it collects the whole. It's like an omnibus because it's eighteen issues. If they oh. were, were to do it, because that oh. first run of Silver Surfer was eighteen. If I'm Got not it. mistaken. Okay. Uh, now next we have Black Panther book seven. So you've been you've been reading these and enjoying these. Are you gonna pick this up? Yeah, this one I'm gonna pick up. Yeah. 
All right. Add it to your list. Add it to the list. All right. We have Electra Assassin is coming back. Um, it's being reprinted again. I mean, this has been reprinted a lot of times, but it's just uh, another reprinting of it. I don't imagine it's anything new or special about it, but it's just coming out again. Um, we have the Incredible Hercules, the complete collection. This one I'm really on the fence for. I think I might eventually get it. Um, I really enjoyed this run and being able to collect all of it in one spot. Everything by Greg Pak and uh, Fred Van Lente is very attractive to me. I'm trying to look here. Oh, Credible has Incredible Hulk and then Incredible Hercules, one thirteen to one twenty. So, what was the what was the it was there a book or it was included in the Hulk books? So, well, the the first Hulk issues are basically the tie-ins um, during World War Hulk when it was more about Amadeus Cho and Hercules, and then after uh, that see. series ended, they rebranded it as Incredible Hercules. Took on you. took on the numbering. Number. Um, that's something that happened a lot. I mean, that's how you know Daredevil for a while bequeathed his numbering to Black Panther. Right. Okay. Some weird it's, stuff. It's confusing, but I, I get it now. Uh, we've got a, col- a collection of different Punisher trade paper. Uh, sorry, um, graphic novels called Return to Big Nothing, but it actually collects what three different graphic novels. So that's kind of cool. But again, why not just call it an epic collection or be part of an epic collection? I'm just curious why. Because when they make it an epic collection. <laughs> We're going to buy it again. I guess. Uh, we've got As Guardians of the Galaxy, which is the, the current uh, running book. We have the current uh, volume of Captain Marvel by Kelly Thompson. Um, let's see what else. we got Meet the Skrulls, which is another book that's coming out shortly. we got uh, another trade paperback collecting Doctor Strange by Mark, Mark Wade. Uh, we have Chip Sidarsky's, uh Daredevil, which for me is an absolute guess, but I will buy this. So I'll add that Has to my list. Has it started yet? It hasn't started. I think it starts next week. Doesn't matter. I'm still getting it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you. Will. Sight unseen, and it's Marco Chichetto, who I do enjoy a lot. Um, then we got an X Men Epic Collection, which is an, an interesting period. Uh, they're calling it Dissolution and Rebirth. Uh, this is kind of the the end of the Outback era, and I, for me, it starts to be a period where the X Men becomes really hickledy pickledy. <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, <laughs> hickledy pickledy. I hic- like that. Absolutely. I would say that there's not really a <laughs> A good uh, there's not a real proper team during this period either, um, so the idea of it being dissolution is very true. Uh, the team just kind of so melts away. It is the beginning though of uh, Jim Lee's first appearances on the book, right? Yeah, he's definitely doing a, more of these issues than not. Okay, so uh, then, that'll be the selling point. Exactly. Then we have the X Men Epic Collection. It's always darkest before the dawn. So this is uh, and this is actually an interesting collection because you have. The new material that was reprinted in the X-Men book, while it was a series of reprints, and then you have all sorts of other appearances that the X-Men made uh, leading up to uh, all new, all different X-Men. So this is an interesting one just from being able to pull together all these disparate places and have them in one spot and be able to read all the different X-Men appearances over that kind of weird period where they didn't really have an ongoing book. That, I think, is really cool. Which is so strange when you think about it, right? The X-Men not being the X-Men mm-hmm. the way we, we, we know them to be yeah then we have uh, X-Men Misfits which I have never heard of <laughs> no me neither so I'm sure at some point we'll we'll find out what that is we have Old Man Quill which is the beginning of a, a two part uh, or sorry a 12 part series so this will be the first six issues again I don't believe it's started yet um, I feel like they don't need to do everything Old Man this or Old Lady that but I know alright let's do another one uh, and then we have Marvel Comics Presents uh, this is they're bringing the title back. 
um, so for a bunch of new stories. So that could be fun, but I'll wait to see what I hear about it. I mean, the artistic team sounds good. I mean, I like Tom Coker on art. I like Paul Sequeira. I like Charles Sewell and, and Nascenti and Greg Pak. So we'll have to see if they get some good art, some good talent putting it all together. But it sounds interesting. Uh, we got the second volume of Ghost Spider. So that is a, an ongoing, continuing ongoing series. Uh, we got Superior Spider-Man Volume 1. I'm not sure if I'm going to buy it, but I'm going to just say that I am. Because I'm definitely picking it up in singles, but I might just pick it up on uh, my shelf as well. The thing that bothers me about it is that it doesn't include the Superior Octopus one-shot in it as well. Because I feel like you kind of need that to understand where issue number one starts from, but whatever. I haven't paid attention to this series. Is it good? I mean, it's just started, so it's hard to say. Okay. Actually, I think issue two came out last week. I haven't read it yet, though. But um, I liked issue number one. It was fun. We got Gardens of the Galaxy by Donny Cates. So again, he's a writer on the rise. So uh, that could be an, an interesting and enjoyable book. I haven't read it yet, so who knows? Yeah, whenever Thanos is kind of taking center stage in books lately, I've, I've, my interest is peaked. I'm not sure why. I'm not a huge like Thanos guy, but I'm starting to become, uh, you know, very interested in that character. And Donny Cates, what he did before with the the character was strong. So I might, I might that you know dip my toe into this, but I gotta wait and see. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the Spider Girl Complete Collection, and for me, that's a, an absolute yes. Add it to the list. Oh, don't worry. I have way too many on my list, apparently. Yeah, me too. Uh, not nearly as many. Not as many as you? No. Oh, wow. I oh, know. This one's going on the list. Uh, pardon me? This one's definitely going on my list. It is? Okay. I'll add it on. I think I, I'm up to 17 or something so far. Wow. Well, I mean... That being said, we're looking at a four-month stretch, so that's actually not too many per it's month. It's not bad. No, that's not bad. See, you're buying. You're more of a Marvel guy. If they had a DC of this, I'd be buying just as many as DC. That's the other thing. I don't know if you buy as much DC as I do. Uh, I don't. There, there was a time in that. I think right now I'm uh, about four over you, so I guess we're not that far off. It's not that much different. Um, Spider Girl, I'm just glad it exists, you know, and yes. uh, I want to support the the line as much as possible. So, you know, that's a that's a pre order for me. Like I've already ordered it, so I'm excited to to be able to have that on my shelf. I'm hoping that it's by a different uh, uh, different production company than the last one, which I believe was by Quad. And uh, yeah, wasn't as big a fan, but again, it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't Quad. I don't know. But I remember not being super impressed with the cover. But otherwise, I'm just glad to have it. Uh, then yes, we have Miss, we have Miss Marvel hardcover here. We've got X Men Milestones Mutant Massacre. So again, I own this. I've I've owned it a few times. I don't feel the need to buy it again. But again, if you missed it the first 18 times, here you go. And you know what? Like you said before, I think with the the way that these collections might look all together, it might be a good way to start if if you've never For collected sure. these yet. Uh, we got Captain America by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates and Adam Kubert. That's the second volume. Uh, we Most got... likely going to get this. Yeah, I might get it at some point. It's not a not a definite buy, that's for sure. Uh, we got the first volume of Miles Morales' Spider-Man. The first time it's been written by someone who's not Brian Michael Bendis, which is pretty big. Yeah, that, that is a big deal. I hope I hope it's good. Yeah, I hope so. I've, I've heard good things. Uh, we have Wolverine: The Infinity Watch. Which, I mean, besides the fact that the cover seems like a, a duh kind of moment, like, of course you're going to do that, uh, I don't feel like it needs to exist, but I like Jerry Duggan, I like Andy McDonald, so it might really surprise me. And now, yeah, this one again, Wolverine, that 
probably going to skip it. <laughs> We've got the Golden Age Marvel Comics Omnibus Volume 1 hardcover, new printing. So, again, it's cool it exists. Um, it's not something I'm, like, running out to get, but it's it, it's a cool product. The price point is absolutely fucking insane, though. Sorry my language. But it's 848 pages for $150 U.S. or 190 Canadian. Do you think it's because the, this thing is harder to, to find to put together, like the production of it? Well, I don't, I don't know, but like, I, I, how re- many do you think you're going to sell? No, but it's a new printing, so they've done this before, so I don't get it. That is ridiculous. It just seems and a little bit crazy. God bless anybody who buys this and actually wants to read all of it, because I can't <laughs> imagine it being you know the best comics that's ever in the shelf. Yeah, no, I know. Um, then we have um, in interesting inclusion. We have stories. I guess told. I, I guess this is covering the actual adventures of Spider-Man and adventures of X-Men that used to exist in the mid '90s. Covering those uh, animated series. So I mean, you got Alex Saviak and art for the Spider-Man one. You've got uh, a bunch of people I've never never heard of except for Alex Saviak uh, for the X-Men one. So I mean, it's at a, a reasonable price point. It's obviously kind of for a younger audience. Um, I'm, I'm excited that it exists. I might actually pick one of these up for my son. I'm not sure if I will. Um, here's the thing. like If you look at the Adventures of the X-Men one, you can see that the original issues were 99 cents. So I feel like I could probably find them in a dollar bin and pay less than the trade and just give them to my son. But I could be wrong. But which, well, okay, apply that same logic towards Untold Tales of Spider-Man, which was in an omnibus form. If you got, if you got them in dollar form, it would all be... True. Twenty five bucks for the whole thing, right? No, you're right. I guess the difference is one of those is really good and one of them is isn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, they've waited how many years to reprint this Adventures of the X Men? They didn't wait that long to reprint Untold Tales. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just. Messing <laughs> <up>. <laughs> uh, we have the Marvel Superhero Adventures Spider-Man graphic novel. Um, now, I'm not sure what issues it's covering because they've made a lot of these kind of one shots. But I, I've, I've been buying the one shots for my son, so I don't know if I'll pick this up. But if it's just collecting the different one shots I already have, obviously I'm not going to duplicate. Uh, and my son seems to like the singles, actually digital more than anything, which is frustrating to me. But um, I just don't know if I'll bother with this. And it's yeah. interesting that they're really pushing this idea that you know we're we're making stuff perfect for middle grade readers. That's a good idea, though. I like that. Oh no, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just it's fascinating no, to see it. Like we have, yeah, um, no, it's, it's about time. We got uh, Hawkeye by Kelly Thompson's been printed in this format, which is cool. Again, 272 pages for a great price point. Uh, same thing yeah, with Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. Like I wanted to buy the complete collection because originally I thought it was going to be in the in the proper um, trim size, but now it's actually small, and I'm like, ah, I wanted a proper trim size for this book. Hey, you know, you know what? If it, if it collects everything you want and like two seven two hundred seventy two pages, it might be worth it for something you wanted a whole collection of. If yeah, it's be that. But that that particular book, I wanted it to not be digest form. Like I'm pretty sure I have all the original because it, it, when it was originally reprinted in uh, trade paperbacks way back in the day, it was in digest form. So I already have it in that size. So I wanted it something bigger. Gotcha. So people enjoy the artwork. True enough. That is the entire <laughs> the entire catalog we just went through, which is I don't know how many how many pages was that. A hundred and forty. Oh, gross. Yeah, and you're thorough. I think that's the thing is you're very thorough. I know I should not have been. I should have just picked a few things and just talked about them. But I thought, you know, we're doing this. We have some time yeah, today. Let's do it. I robbed Absolutely. you of two hours of your life. That's all. It's all good. I, listen, when I go on the previews page, uh, 
next week. Can you just come on to the thing with me and go over all of them with me? Because I really appreciate like the, the voiceover explaining what it all is. It helps. <laughs> you know, I used to do episodes where I talked about what was coming up next. And then I'd, a few people were like, ah, we don't need that. And I'm like, all right. Uh, you know, some of us, like, I like it. I listen to the, the comic geek speak whenever they go to the previous catalog. I listen to those, as crazy as that sounds. Well, this this one I thought was a little bit more interesting because it wasn't just new comics, right? Because some people would be like, well, I don't pick up new comics to just buy trades and, and old collections. So they didn't really care about what was coming up kind of now. Whereas this was like specifically like a lot of what we talked about today, obviously, was not necessarily the mo- more modern stuff, but a lot of the older stuff. <laughs> Right, and that's you know obviously where our focus and where our, our interest seems to lie these days is in the Marvel of yesteryear as opposed to the Marvel of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and and that's that's I think the toughest part about being a comic book fan now, which is a, it's a blessing and a curse because everything we've wanted to read is going to be available as well as the stuff that we want to keep up with, hmm. which is that's where we really take the hit, and because we're crazy and belong and pat ourselves. Yep, absolutely. Patent sales indeed. Well, you know, Eric, thank, thank you so much for spending so much of your time today to go through this catalog. I don't know if we'll do it again, but if we do it, it'll probably be four or five months from now, and we'll regret doing it right afterwards. <laughs> no, I had a blast. This was fun. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, 